Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your hosts today, Cross, along with my partner in crime, Nitro. We are the dynamic duo of Twitch, and we are joined by basically like almost mainstays of the channel at this point. And how royalty. often they act? Let's just be honest. Comics in the Cross royalty in the house. Yeah, like the, I mean, like. They've been here that often now. I feel like we've had them on the show so often at this point, and every time it's just an absolute pleasure. We are joined by the man with one of the most majestic beards in all of comics, right to and my side, this side. I always get sides mixed up. I always do it wrong. Um, to this side of me, Mr. Brandon Hollingsworth of Brainy Pixel. Welcome, good sir. Welcome. Thanks for having us on here. Official, unofficial co-hosts. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. And then just below him and next to my co-host Nitro is, of course, his partner in crime um, on the amazing book that we're going to be talking about today, Mr. Ivan Anaya, joining us all the way over here. I am the other co-host that cannot be here with Brandon cannot be here. <laughs> exactly. The backup for the backup, you know. Yeah. Happy gentlemen today. But it, awesome. it is an absolute pleasure to have you gentlemen on the show again, as always. We love coming on. Thanks for having us on. We uh, we'd love to we'd love to be on every week, but you get tired of us. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it just like home. You you always come back. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and we will we will always. There we go. Got some applause in the chat for you from Mr. Seal the Centurion. Um, it's for Brandon. It's for your Brandon beer. It's just. It's the, the beard can't be denied, Brandon. The beard can't yeah, be denied. It's, it's amazing. I, can't, I mean, I can't see I the chat. Majestic, I have no idea. I feel like majestic is the appropriate word here. For that beard, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think it's there on that majestic level. I think so. Well, I thank you in my beard. Thank you. <laughs> but um, it is a pleasure to have you both on today. Um, we are of course bringing you back on to talk about kind of a continuation of last time we had you guys on. And um, when we had you last on, we were talking about the launching of Chronicles of Faith, David. Um, it was just kicking off. I think literally we just gotten copies of issue zero to check out. It was just launching. It was brand new. Yeah, we skipped a step in the middle, and we're now on to issue two, that's okay. now out on Indiegogo. So, like, we missed a step somewhere, but that very well might have been no. us, like, not been so busy, like we were crazy over the no, last no, few months. Not, no, we did not skip a step. Actually, this is this is the way to get issue one. We've actually okay. woven it in the fabric of an Indiegogo. See, that's what I wanted to ask you guys in check was like, because literally, I was like, did we miss issue one? Because like, I feel like I should have seen that, like posted everywhere if it came out and i'm like but so this is it this is issue two is dropped on indiegogo officially um, yeah. and this is the way to get issue one as well you got it awesome. you got it so what we what we wanted to do with this indiegogo and again this is our first so we're just kind of indie 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 went winting or indiegogo going i don't know how what the what the <laughs> verb verb connotation is I was gonna but, uh, say go-go dancing, but that's not accurate. So people don't want to see that. that, uh, that that's only if they hit like the actual end goal. If they make their money and make all the oh, stuff yeah, they need for it, then oh, yeah. the go-go dancing will come in. You know. Yeah, is the secret major perks? If you, if you go to to you to one hundred five perks, there is a secret room, and there is a there you go. There you go. That's there one of those special. It's a one-off perk. Heard it here first, folks. It's, it's the indie go-go room. So yes, absolutely. So, <laughs> All right, but, and but no, so um, as a part of this Indiegogo, we wanted to <clears throat> we're trying to raise money for issue two, the production for issue two, because these comics cost a lot to make, mm -hmm. and um, 
And so issue zero is done, issue one is done, um, but the only way to get issue one right now is to go be a backer to help us make issue two. So we've integrated it with the actual Indiegogo. So, um, you know, you can get issue zero anywhere. It's on Comixology, it's on, you know, BrainyPixel.com, MercyWays.com. Um, you can get that pretty much anywhere that you like. Uh, but the only way to get issue one right now is exclusively by going and backing it at at least a $10 or above level. Mm -hmm. on the Indiegogo, but it's done. 36 pages, full color, absolutely awesome. gorgeous, and it is incredible, and we'd love to talk about it. So. That's awesome, and for anyone who's in chat already as well, I have thrown the link in chat for the Indiegogo page, um, so make sure you actually head over there, check it out, and there's a number of different backing levels and um, to support the book. Um, like uh, Brandon said, if you want to get that issue number one, at least a $10 donation, but if you can only afford a little bit, like they would appreciate the backing and the support of anyone willing to give it. Because, yeah, because making comics is an expensive thing, especially when you're, you know, a small publishing company. It's like it takes a lot to publish books like this, so any support would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, and, it, and, I, and I think actually it doesn't matter what size you are. You know, if you want to produce quality work, it takes time. Yeah, and time and time and money, as we all know, are, are in, inextricably linked. And so, I think that's one of the things where there's a kind of a failing on the part of the the big three that are out there is they don't really ever talk about the costs associated with the production mm -hmm. of a you know a top shelf comic. But there's a lot of effort and time that goes into this. There are lots of hours that people are drawing and yeah. coloring and flatting yeah. and lettering. And, uh, and it's definitely something we like to talk about because it's it's part and parcel with creating a wonderful comic is all the effort that it goes in that goes into it. So we'd love That's to chat about that as well. A really weird question. What does flatting mean? Because I saw that in the Indiegogo campaign page. What does that what does that entail? Well, the flat the flat process is when you have your line, you have to put some base color. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do volume. Just you have to put your just base color. Yeah. And sometimes, do you remember uh, last week, Sergio was talking about someone who helped you to do the, the lettering? Yeah. Well, some, sometimes you, you actually can get a job only to flatting. Okay. It's, just, it's just the book with no volume, with no, with no lights, no shadows, no nothing. It's just it. the plain color, but it's just the right color. And that is a long oh. process, actually. That is, for yeah. me, this is a long, long process. Okay, got it. I'd never heard of that before. That's awesome. That's super intriguing. Yeah, yeah that's, and, that's and out of my wheelhouse. I just completely blank when I read stuff like that. Like, that must be an art term I just don't know. Like, I'm completely blank to that stuff. So thank you for asking that, Nitro. Like, yeah, because I saw that and I was like, I have, I've never heard that before. So that's cool. Yeah, and volume as well is its own art form as well. You know, going, mm -hmm. going back in and adding all the depth, all the shadows, all the light, all the highlights. That is yeah. such... A tremendous art form just by itself and really really hard to do well yeah. but it's that it's that that kind of takes it to the next level it's analogous to lighting in yeah. animation well even like even the lettering like the more I've been involved in comics as far as just reading them and talking to people about the creation of comics in the past couple of years lettering is like if you don't do that right like it is a big deal yep. <laughs> so, yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. I think it's one of those things that like it doesn't like no one talks about lettering enough and like no. how big of a process it is like the stepchild the redheaded stepchild but like it's one of those things yeah. of like if if you do it right He's the middle child yeah it's like if you do it right <laughs> nobody notices it yeah exactly but if you do it exactly. wrong like everybody notices you've done it yeah. wrong you know it's one of those 
Yeah, just try using papyrus as your font in a comic oh. and, and find out how quickly people tear you apart. So. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. There's a lot of stuff is when you don't know that only lettering, and, and that could be just a podcast in itself, it has an internal language. Because if someone is speaking outside of, of the panel, is some tale that you need to use. Yeah. If someone is thinking, if someone is, is talking telepathically, uh, what happened when someone is just uh, how you how you interconnect to conversation? It's our entire world. It's well, just it, something it, I just have to learn a lot. Well, in that panel that I was talking to you about earlier, so there's a panel on the Indiegogo page where David finally you don't see his face, you don't see Goliath's face, but he's standing across the creek from Goliath, and it's this really cool back and forth shot of him and Goliath's like basically his face, face him mocking David. But to your point, there's a part where it switches the inner monologue for David, and it's immediately apparent. Like, there, I don't, you don't even have to think about it. Is this inner monologue? What is? What's happening right now? Like, it's immediate. It's immediately apparent. So, it, it's and, awesome. And that, and that is really, really hard to do well, right? To have that seamless transition from a couple people having a, an external conversation to now I'm reflecting inside, right? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and and that to be a seamless transition, that's really hard to do, and it's something that a lot of people just take for granted. It's like, oh, yeah. it's just words, right? No, no, there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into that and you have to think through all that. That's why, that's one of the reasons why it takes so long to make a great comic and why it can cost as much as uh, what we're trying to raise. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. And absolutely. And, then, yeah, and the doing. sound effects is another, mm -hmm. another topic. Mm -hmm. It's just, the sound effects like is art just- art form in and of itself. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, I just, you, I just can not recommend itself. It's called, uh, it's a book from Blamblut, and if you can check that page, have so many useful information. It's called Blamblut, blamblut.com, and they have a, 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 a book, and it's amazing. Yeah, that's Nate uh, Picos, I think. Yeah. That's how you oh, yeah. And he is phenomenal. I mean, he is an amazing letterer and designer of comic fonts and stuff. I've been a fan of his for years and years and years. And he's just, he's like the most unsung hero in comics ever because yeah. he's on so many books and you don't know it. Yeah. But he's everywhere, you know? So, yeah. I might have to get that link from you, Ivan, because that sounds super interesting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. It... I, the book is really, really cheap. It's not expensive, it's huge. And it's give you all what you need to do to do great, great, great uh, lettering. And that, that guy, and he's right exactly for, from Nate. And it's amazing, really, really great. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter. He actually recently had an art gallery exhibition of yeah. a whole bunch of his different fonts oh, and wow. his so lettering, cool. and, and it was pretty amazing. That's really cool, actually. That'd be really cool to see. He he is a phenomenal creator, and he's someone that, like you yeah. said, Ron, like he just he doesn't get praised enough for them and the stuff he does. Nate Picos, and Absolutely. yeah, he has he's an amazing creator. So, and so yeah, like want to delve in talking a little bit about David and um, we've already kind of went off on a tangent already which is, feels good we've not had a good proper tangent for a while we were we were off for like all of January so we've, we've not had a tangent like we literally started I didn't even get to the first thing I was going to mention we were already off on a trail and I love it I love it that so is amazing much. 
that's amazing. I love it because I think it's so much fun because you end up in conversations you never intended to have and just get I will lost in them. Fault, I started it. Oh yeah, I blame <laughs> I blame you for it like I do most things, but oh, you know. I'm okay with that. Well, that's that's what geeks do when we get together and hang out. Yes. We just yes. kind of run rabbits. You yeah, know, that's why I, that's why I love this show because it's like it's just a bunch of people that love being geeks just chatting about stuff. Like we literally just had a ten minute conversation about lettering, like for comics. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> And it was amazing. And as far as I'm concerned, it was completely interesting. I loved it, you know. It was intellectually stimulating. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. um, But before we delve into Chronicles of Faith, David, there is one thing at least. There's a couple of topics I had news-wise, but at least one we have to mention. Because it dropped after our last show, so we've not had a chance to talk about it yet on the show. Uh, First of all, hi, Space Hobo and chat. Good to see you, sir. Thank you for coming and hanging out with us. And... is of course during some big you know festival they had last week it's meant to be a big deal in the states i I don't know about it you know some like this the mega bowl or something like that you know Uh, the mega bowl where they play that football stuff you know (laughs) or what they think's football here (laughs) and they dropped a trailer which this is what interested me we got a new trailer for doctor strange in the multiverse of madness uh, I'm and to on the this. internet went Ooh. freaking nuts. Yes. Because of, especially because of one scene. Yep. And when the he, oh yeah, internet oh, yeah. thinks that in this movie, on top of everything else that we're getting, like we're getting like, uh, you know, Wanda and Doctor Strange traveling the multiverse, the introduction of America Chavez, the introduction of of uh, the zombie universe characters coming in, the possibility appearance of Supreme Strange from the What If series, all these other things. Dude. We have a scene where it looks like Strange is being shackled and brought before a council. Yep. And the internet is basically like, it's the Illuminati. And one of the things that sells this on the Illuminati is that we get an over-the-shoulder shot of a bald-headed man this sounds very much like Patrick Stewart. Oh, oh, it is. It's him. I mean, let's I thought be it was not. I thought it was Nitro. Yeah, it's I saw the two. I did. I, I was the stand-in for him, but they, oh, did, okay. a, they did a dub. Yeah, he he, he was in the actual wheelchair, but they did the voice like played over. That's why it's over the shoulder, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So Patrick Stewart has finally came out and responded this week. He came out and responded and the most freaking bizarre way possible like instead of just like a definitive yes or no he came out with a spiel of like he's been in the business for like 60 years and since he started off on stage people have been trying to emulate his voice and he can't help it if it sounds like him but it's not now for a man that has been in the business for as long as he has that very much sounds like an over explanation to me yeah after, of the, after this whole like Spider-Man No Way Home yeah. Like, right? oh yeah nobody believes I anything everyone thinks that Ryan Reynolds Deadpool nobody. showing up as well and all this different stuff like nobody Anytime believes anyone something in public it's it, it basically believe the opposite that, that, that's, that's where we're at right now but I wanted to get all of your input in this of what do you think of like first of all on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse and Madness like I, I was pretty much sold on this movie already I got some thoughts but the fact that we could be getting the Illuminati a multiversal Illuminati and the fact of that we could almost practically maybe definitely have Patrick Stewart coming back as Professor Charles Xavier 
I got some thoughts, but I want to hear from our guests. I got, I, I got some thoughts though. Well, I'll go first because I haven't seen it because I am I I, I keep all spoilers away you because passed. I love going into movies fresh. Yes. So I've not seen it, but if that's what it is, then man, sign me up. I'm on deck, man. This is this is awesome. I'm I'm this is the best time to be a comics fan ever. It really is. Yeah. He's nostalgia all over. I, well, I, I'm just most curious. I, I think it's I, I just had so many ideas because if it is the Illuminati, it means there's so many characters that are not in the MCU right now. Yep. It's just like there's one specifically that is the father of one family in Marvel Universe that is yep. where at number four, and <laughs> yeah. where where is who's going to be? Here? I, I was not saying the name out loud just in case we jinx that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, who's yeah, going to be? Yeah, yeah, him, him, exactly him, and and who's going to be is going to be the one from the from the old movies. Yeah, and that is a that is an option. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be. I don't know that, and who is going to be Iron Man? Because yeah. Iron Man is in the trailer with the Ultron, with the Ultron. Well, that's mode, a, so that's another thing that people are going nuts about because this is the multiverse and they're delving into that. There's almost like a definitive thing online of like it's going to be superior Iron Man from the comics, yeah. basically yeah. when Tony went back crap crazy and off the rails, <laughs> and that it's going to be Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise was like theoretically cast as Iron Man way back in the day before like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. ever got near it. Yeah. That they're bringing him in and I'm like, I love the fact that I love the internet because they just jump to stuff like this. Well, it's Tom, well, it's Tom Cruise Iron Man. It's like, there is literally nothing to suggest he's involved at all. They're, they're what, what, what I love, what I love is what Feige is, has done. Right? Yes. Somehow... Yeah. Somehow this man, and again, I would I would have loved to have been in the room when he pitched this, right? But he has somehow created an environment where it's now cross-studios, right? Mm. So you're not even talking about Disney anymore. You're talking about money. Sony, right? Yeah, money, money is, yeah, whatever. I mean, money is just like not even a thing anymore yeah. with this because he's getting basically rival studios to now jump on board this concept where he is creating essentially a, a, a story world right where any movie that has ever been produced is yep. now possibly part of the no. mcu it's genius right? it's, it's like crazy and it's how genius. do you how do you do that from a from from like a business perspective how do you make that happen well like, as a fan that's what we've always dreamed of yes as a fan we've always yeah, dreamed you, of that of like it, 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 all it, the spider-man all the x-men are all different universes right, but, you know spider-man spider no way home proved that people want it that like it oh yeah that people want it it proved that you can connect those old spider-man movies some of them were just trash but you can connect right. them in a, in a way that makes sense that people make them like them more if right now sense. now that trash is now part of a bigger exactly. hole where exactly. they can exist as trash but they also can exist in this cool but it universe. plays a bigger it plays as a bigger story yeah and and that's that's one thing from a fan perspective like us sitting around here on the internet just talking about that but to go into multi-billion dollar boardrooms yeah. and pitch this idea and somehow yeah. make it fly and where it's a financial, you know, yes, yeah. that's that's crazy. And that's what it's people fun. aren't talking about and what I, people I think it, need to be talking about. This guy is a brilliant yeah. genius. He's a genius. And I, I think one of the things, he, I, I was just talking with a friend just a, a couple of days. We really, we're talking about Dr. Strange too. 
we're talking about it's just like 26, 27 Marvel movie. It's just like, if you think about it, these people is just earn our trust to say, we are still hoping and hyping about yeah. one franchise that have 27 movies. Yeah. Yeah. And we cannot wait to see what is coming. And the promise of what is coming next is just Moon Knight. It's just the idea of creating something like that is just, I just, we were talking in first, it's just, when we just hang out, this is our conversation. Yeah, like who would How, win in a fight? Yeah, who would win in a fight? Or yeah. oh, if you if you had another Spider-Man uh, showing yes. up, who's who's your favorite? Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. How oh, it would be amazing to have all three in one movie. Yeah. Well, you I'm, know what? This is happening. This yeah. already happened. I, I'll be straight up. I feel like they thought that Spider-Man No Way Home might have been a bit of a gamble, like doing what yeah. they did, like pulling in those other universes. But they they see like it literally just passed domestically Avatar, so it's the highest grossing movie domestically ever made, like ever, ever made, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And I in a pandemia, that, I, in a pandemia, in, in a pandemia, exactly. Uh, time. And I, and I have a yeah. feeling that Doctor Strange is going to take what they did in Spider Man No Way Home and make it look like they were there were some kids playing with some toys over there. It's they're they're gonna they're gonna take it to an yeah. entirely different dimension. And like my, my thoughts on the Strange trailer, I'm I'm with you. Ryan, I'm trying to avoid as much as possible, mm. but like I, so I made a new rule when Spider-Man No Way Home came out. I watched the first two trailers and then I'm cutting myself off after that. But the the new trailer has me hype. Um, I, it could be Illuminati. It could be the Council of Kangs, the formation of the Council of Kangs. It could be. I don't the, but, know. but be that awesome. voice, that voice, the no voice let is you definitely know. Professor X. But that that voice is just suggesting you that it's not Kang. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. It's, it's just. And I, I was thinking like, Patrick Stewart never said it's not me. It's just it sounds like me. Yeah. He's just affirming that is. Oh, it, it sounds like me. I cannot deny that. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. Well, Nitro, I've not been watching trailers for the last ten years. Let oh, me tell man. you, I've I, not, I I've not regretted that. it. I've not regretted it a moment. I love walking into these movies completely yeah. unknowing. Completely Dude, I, wish I, was, I wish I could do that. And man, sure. I get my hair blown back every time, and I've loved it. I'm a kid again, and that's the way I to remember go. when. So when Endgame came out, that's when I kind of first started. Like, I don't want to know anything. Like, I don't tell me anything. I don't want to hear about it. La la la. Fingers in the ears. And yep. I remember because Cross and I went to see Endgame together. Opening, I think it was opening night, right? Yeah, it was something like that. Night. It was one of the first couple of nights. Just... The theater was packed, no empty seats, and some of the reveals in that movie that we witnessed firsthand, like Mjolnir oh. and Cap, and I, yeah. I was like. It was the best experience I've ever had in the theater. Like, the whole no theater cheating. Yeah, yeah Spider-Man No Way Home, though, was, was like, in my mind, it was equal to that. Yeah. But I think it, the reveals. And I think that answered the question of Brandon a little bit. I don't know if that is, but making Endgame just the closure of 10 years of movies, they just give you the chance to suggest any madness do you want to bring to a movie. It just, oh, it was, you know what? Well, it was really the Loki. It was really the Loki miniseries that really cracked the yeah. nut, right? And yeah. then, and then the Marvel What If? That's where we like, all right, we're blowing the doors off. And and again, think about that for a minute, right? That they are connecting feature length films with animated shorts, right? With you know, feature not feature length, but um, live action short form Finally. TV. Finally, I mean, all of that it, exactly. I like why you know, this is amazing, and why have we had to wait so long? You know, and, and again, I, I, my hats off to Feige. 
Yeah. I have a question because now you think that Marvel doesn't do nothing without thinking that it's connected. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've not been but, doing that for the last 15 years. Yeah. And I, I just, I was, this is a crazy idea that I have in, in this. Do you think they bring back the X Men series from the 90s is just going to be related to this? So, oh, un undoubtedly, that's a that's a one of the universes in the multiverse. Like, even if they never tap into it, at least not for a while, that potential's there, one hundred percent. That's one of the universes they could tap into. Yeah, sure. here's a here's a here's a hot take. Uh, in uh, I'm not gonna spoil a, a ton, Brandon, but uh, in in the trailer there was so there's a shadow. You know how they did the shadow effect with um what what move? It was with, with what if right? The shatter. Uh, effect yeah. was meant to like portray that there are multiple dim dimensions and you can shatter into another dimension so that was obviously in the trailer for Doctor Strange and there was one part where he shattered through and there was an animated universe that it showed oh, an animated cool. universe oh, really? in, in the live action Doctor Strange trailer Wait, I love so, it. Like, so that, that yeah. opens up like okay so we have the 90's Spider-Man cartoon we have the 90's yeah. X-Men dude we can yeah, go sure. bonkers yeah. X-Men Evolution I love that series that was a great yeah, well, series as well. I mean, they're they're already in work with the next What If series. Yeah, as well. yeah that's so, already started. Yeah. Um, we're not talking about this at all. I don't. I, don't I think know. it started. I think it started two years ago, actually, because some of that stuff it was there was a five year production schedule. Oh yeah, and then of course we're like the year off when COVID hit. It's like yeah, absolutely, they're working on that, and then of course we've got season two of um, Loki coming as well. And I think that's the thing: the way the universe is going for the MCU now. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. When it was first announced, I don't think we realized just how important it was going to be. But everything at the start of Phase Four is aiming towards this, and I think this yeah. is going to affect things going forward. Because we had like one division with Wanda affecting reality, and at the very end of that, we see her looking through what's theorized as other universes, looking for her yeah. kids. We've got Loki who like burst open the timelines of the multiverse with his show. We've got What If, which explored the multiverse. It's like uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, um, which of course opened up to the universes way beyond what we would expect and with the old Spider-Man universes. Yeah. Everything is pointing towards the multiverse and then it's all pointing towards Doctor Strange. And I think this movie is going to set up everything to come from it. It's yeah, all pointing to this new multiversal world. Yeah, well, at the end of No Way Home, there's a call forward, right, to the the dark, um, the Doctor Strange sinister, right, yeah. the sinister Doctor Strange. Yeah, absolutely. In the in the and in, in credit scenes of No Way Home, right. So we know now that that's that's also linked, right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's just. And I mean, at yeah. first, people were like, "There's okay. no way they're tying What If to the live action movies," but they've proven that no, we definitely are. Like, <laughs> you need to watch it. And that was the, smart the only... as well because I... that Doctor Strange, that version that appears on What If, is one of the most popular things to yeah. come out of that. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. And the the only thing that I really see and all and and when someone is just analyzed is the poster of Doctor Strange. And if you see the shadows, you yes. can see something from That's what is there. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you say, oh, I, can, I, I just can't wait to see that character in live action. I, yeah. I have a feeling there's going to be more cameos in this movie than there has been in like the entire MCU combined. Oh, yeah. There's going to be tons of like one-offs and cameos and little yeah. nods to the fans in this. Because think how many there was in No Way Home. Think how many nods to the fans and cameos and appearances and little things there were that were nods. 
you know, we got big reveals like the other Spider-Men, obviously, but then like little cameos of like, you know, Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox appearing as Matt Murdock in it and stuff. And little hints to different excuse me, to different worlds and different things. And imagine that, like, not just in the Spider-Man movies, but within the whole MCU, the whole of Marvel and everything it's created yeah. is like the potential is honestly limitless. Now that the multiverse is a thing that they're playing with, like the potential is limitless for amazing stories. And at this point, like I could literally, like you could tell me Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Badness, like I don't need to see a trailer. No. I'm going to go see it. I don't, I literally don't need to see it. Like, the trailers are phenomenal and they get me so excited, but I'm like, at this point, I trust Marvel with their movies so much. Like, even if it's bad, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Usually at this point, you know what I mean? It's, this is one of the things that just it makes me slightly dis no not slightly it makes me extremely disappointed with DC and like I know we beat a dead horse about this and we've we've had conversations about this in the past but to your point Brandon, um, Feige is a genius and yeah. I feel like DC doesn't have someone like that and yeah. I feel like that's why their movies haven't been as successful their universe building has not been nearly now, co now come on Nitro they're doing crossovers mm. spoilers for the, the they... spoilers for the finale of Peacemaker but the Justice League show up. Yeah, well, really well, joke. well, well, four of them show yeah, up I, in I, shadow, and you actually see two of the actors. I'm like, just give Cavill <laughs> another movie for the love. <laughs> Gosh, well, he's here, been asking for, for like four years. Well, here's something wild to think about now. So think about what's happening here, right? What we've been talking about, and the precedent in Hollywood that's being set, right? Yeah. So, so imagine our kids and grandkids and the stuff they're going to be watching, right? I mean, you know, when you think about, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and stuff like that, right? That was like the first one of those really big, like, trilogy movies. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, whoa, that's amazing. You know, you can actually make money on the second movie. You know, that's yeah. awesome. Well, think about now, you know, our children, our grandchildren, the kind of stuff they're going to be watching. Yeah. And how integrated that's going to be with social yeah. media and with, you know, TV VR. and streaming and VR. And it's just, it's just, I love that precedent. Yeah. That that we've, we've just raised the bar and we haven't even realized what that means. Yeah. You know, that's going to be awesome. My, my kids are five and three and I legitimately cannot wait to just start from the beginning with them and just go through yeah. this entire yeah. saga. It's going to be awesome. That's going to be fun. Like, it's, it's crazy to think, like, because we got to be there when yeah, AMCU we'll, kicked off, when it all started, when it yeah. all happened. And I'm like, and I'm just thinking now, like, my youngest is almost a year and a half now. Like, hit the world that he's growing up in, like, the cinematic world around us has forever been changed by Marvel. And yeah. he's going to be, he's grown up in a world where that's always a thing. Like, the MCU yep. being in the top like this, and comic book movies being at the top. Marvel movies. Like, he's going to be in a world where that is a thing, always a yeah, thing. Cool. Like, after Endgame yep. has already happened. And I'm like, that's crazy to think about because, like, we got to be there in 2008 when Iron Man dropped I remember the first time like because it was like I don't even know how many viewings it was before I realised it was even an end credit scene to Iron Man right yeah, and right. seeing yeah. Nick Fury show up and hearing him say I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers initiative and the collective geekdom lost their minds at yeah. just but, the mention yeah. do, do you remember how long do you see in that movie when the Avengers is going to happen. You say, it's going to happen in the future. It's just like, whoa. 
And you remember, and you cannot wait for that moment. You, I remember you feel that like it's going to happen like 10 years on something. I remember the hype well, of 2012. Like, I was so shaking going into the theater thinking, we're actually about to watch the Avengers movie. It's, yeah. it's well, finally that, happening. And we felt like yeah. that's the pinnacle. Like, this is amazing. I mean, if it stopped now, this would be phenomenal. I have no idea of this amazing stuff that was about to come. It's... Well, that, that, that's another thing. Imagine going in and pitching a movie and saying, oh, I'm not going to pay this off until 10 years later yeah right wow. i mean before this that that's madness you don't go in and pitch that kind of stuff to hollywood yeah. right because they would laugh you out of the boardroom yeah. and so you know again the the precedent that's being set here from uh from a from a perspective of people being able to make amazing entertainment and not have to have it come out next year and you know that is just stunning and i, I wish people would get their arms around that i think one of the yeah. things though that marvel does really well aside from just the planning aspect of it is i feel like their their attention to detail is just superb yeah i'm thinking about one one specific example that was just hinted in avengers in 2012 when cap goes to try to lift the she the the mjolnir right and everybody's like holy crap did he just move it yeah, to to the payoff, <laughs> six years later in Endgame, when he freaking just demolishes Thanos with it. Mm -hmm. It's just... Because, you know, after that moment when he budged it, people were like, he's going to lift it. Is he going to lift yeah. it in this movie? No. Is he going to lift it in this movie? You know, they know the threads. They know what fans want. Like, they're tuned into mm -hmm. that to to an aspect I don't think any other studio is. And that's and that's why they're seeing the money that they're seeing. It's because yeah. fans are responding with their dollars. And yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah. And and the and the thing you, you when you take care of of your characters and take care of your story, people cares. Yeah. Because yeah. when when that is the problem with me with DC, because you can love one movie of DC, mm -hmm. but you know that that's that is not something that is going to continue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know it's going to break. You that's can love problem. Batman, but you you cannot love a Superman because you have to start a new Superman for that because the Superman already happened. It's not it's not happening. And and I think it's going to be great. Aquaman, I think, is a great movie, but I, I think Aquaman is just lost the universe that he when he came in. It's just it's a mess because you don't take care of the storytelling, you don't take care of the characters. You just yeah. trying to tell one good story, but you you have no continuation of that. And we are okay with that. But when you come from comics, you cannot wait to see that heroes be together. Well, all and, everyone in there and to your point like i would be okay if they had separate movies one-off movies and they just wanted to do that i would be 100 percent okay with that but don't promise a universe yeah pick don't one promise this extended universe and start trying to build that and just totally fumble the ball not once not twice but several times yeah yeah it's like either pick it that you're going to do these separate movies which it looks like they were going to start to do for a while because they started doing yeah. like shazam and said it was separate and then they did joker the, the, and said it was separate the and then but then they went, no, these are all connected. We're still doing DCEU movies. And I'm like, pick one. Yeah. Well, the, the difference here is commitment, right? Mm -hmm. Commitment to your fans, right? Commitment to your stories and commitment to these characters. Exactly what Yvonne was talking about. And we've never seen that from DC. You know, Marvel yeah. has doubled down so many, so many times now. And that's why they're seeing the success is because yeah. they know if they deliver top, top class story and top class character development, that people are going to line up and throw money at them. Yep. Yeah. Let's put it this way, people were legitimately in full-blown breakdown tears during Endgame. Because we had been on a journey with these characters. Yeah, I, I was. I was bawling my eyes out during that movie. You know, it's like, it's... I, I, I scream like a 
child in oh, six too. years when he say Avengers Assemble. Yeah, I yeah. just stand up. I wanted to get up and go. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it just, I've been waiting for that phrase for 10 years. Yeah. It's just like, Ugh. I'm pretty sure half the theater that we were in stood up. Yeah. Had their arms in the the air, hype in that moment can't be denied. And it's like, and it was literally that call to arms. Like, I was so invested in these characters. I'm like, I'm ready. I'll, I'm going to go to war with Cap. I'm quite happy to get in this yeah. fight. You know, well, and, the and there's is, none of that with the DC. Like, DC's got it so reverse, though. Everything is so reverse. They've got a man who's perfect to play Superman, desperate to play him a game, and won't hand him another movie. Mm-hmm. They've got a guy who they held on to playing Batman for so long, will he, won't he, will he, won't he, when he had yeah. no intention of doing it. Mm-hmm. To the point of they were now like rebooting Batman. They're like, is yeah. this DCEU with a new Batman? Is it its own thing? Ah, who knows? Yeah. Maybe it is, yeah, maybe it isn't. And then it's like, well, we're going to let James Gunn take over Suicide Squad. That's going to be yeah. over here. But then in the Peacekeeper but, show, we're going to cross over the Justice League. But, but we're not going to confirm if it's Scott Snyder or Joss Whedon's which one's canon. And I'm like, I'm tired yeah, trying yeah. to work this out. Well, to, to your point, Brandon, when you're talking about um, respecting the characters, like you look at something like Endgame, you look at something like Captain America, and you look at when he is down and out, he's facing Thanos and his entire army. There's oh, no that, one else. That is my favorite like, Cap like, moment I ever. do it. I gotta do it. It's just who I am. I gotta do it. We're gonna we're gonna do this. And you if know, you were, that, that is respecting the character. And, and, and if, like DC, and they're just dropping the ball, man. And 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 Marvel respect also the comic readers because if you mm-hmm. read the comic Infinity War, you know there's a shot when when the Cap say, "Even if I am alone, I'm going to fight you." Yes. And you see that, and you don't need to quote that. You just need yeah. to show it. Just yeah. show and it. That, and was it was yeah. that was amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, that- that's where they love these stories. You know, they're paying homage to these stories that so many people love, and that's and that's because that's the success that they're seeing. Is they're giving credence. I mean, you wouldn't have sold if you were Marvel. You wouldn't have sold all these books if they were crap, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you sold all these books because there's really good stuff in those books. Yeah. So if you make a movie and you ignore that source material, mm-hmm. it's of course you're going to fail. Yeah. And that's what's happening with a lot of these other organizations. Is they're simply ignoring the source material that where there is so much love and so much commitment and dedication and they're trying to go create something new or be you know kind of edgy or whatever and they're leaving their fan base in the in the dust there's a lot of there's a lot of focus on style over substance like i'm a huge Zack snyder fan like oh yeah probably bigger than anybody that i know i love Zack snyder's visual i just love his visual stuff but i feel like he, he lost sight of some of the character traits and some of the like characters within the Justice League and he focused on making a, a really cool looking movie versus mm-hmm. making a movie character based movie you know what I'm saying yeah yeah Batman should not be an art film right <laughs> I mean you know it needs to be a Batman film yeah absolutely <laughs> so, absolutely but yeah I think I think the the only the only problem with with Zack Snyder vision is I think that the movie are great because I love the Snyder cuts, but I I, I don't see Flash there. I don't see the Flash there. I read in comics there, and no. I don't see that Batman. Even when I think the Batman is wearing a gun, it's just yeah. like this is not the character that I read. So, and even if you go to Marvel, you cannot. Maybe you you see some slightly difference between characters, but you you see the character you grew up with. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. see, even even when Tom Holland is a is a Spider for a new generation, 
you still see the dorky uh, guy who becomes Spider-Man. Yeah. And that is so, so true to the character. And I think that is a huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. As, as much as I am loving this conversation, I'm going to start redirecting this towards our actual topic for today because this, this could keep going. I'm, I'm, in, I'm do, loving this. We literally one. do this for hours. Yeah. No, I, we're, I, yeah. We're, we're fine. We're fine. Whatever you want to do, Cross, man. <laughs> you know, I'm absolutely loving it. And I'm like, yeah, we probably need to have the conversation over. If I don't, we're just not going to. And, and if we go to Star Wars, uh, oh, Star all Wars the stuff. Is just another universe. Yeah, we've got. <laughs> Going into the Star Wars stuff right now with everything that's happening, that's a whole other like hour long conversation waiting to happen there. Yeah, don't yeah. get me started on Book of Boba Fett though. Oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, no, you mean oh, Mandalorian yeah. season two point five? It was it was another uh, Mandalorian season. It my, really my favorite was. my favorite chapter of that series are the one with Boba are not in it. Yeah. Well, that's because that's, that's cause the biggest Boba's issue. Not that interesting of a character. Let's be super honest. Here. No, I, I love I, I love the characters. I'm, and, I'm, driving, and, I'm driving to Virginia as soon as we get off. And and, and 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 Brandon Brandon loved Boba Fett, and he's angry about the depiction of the characters because I I don't know. It's just the the only problem that I think is happening is just the the Boba Fett that you love, Brandon, is now the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. The the that's attitude. That's the, a really good take. Yeah. And and yeah. they have to make a difference. They have to make like, oh, we cannot show the same character twice. Yeah. So we have to make both of it grow up. I think. And that is a problem. I think and one of the major make, problems. They didn't, they didn't make Boba Fett grow up. They made him grow old. <laughs> yeah. They really like, did. Mayor Boba Fett. Mayor Boba Fett. I'm gonna. <laughs> Clean up this town and eat me a melon. <laughs> you know. So. I think like the worst thing they did, uh, in terms of what they did with the character since like Disney took over, was literally most of Boba Fett's like character was out with of like the main like movies and stuff. It wasn't like in the movies he's he's nobody. He has a cool suit and he dies in a sarlacc yeah. pit. Like that's pretty much like if you only watch the movies, that's your take of Boba Fett. Yep. But you make, the you problem make is the rest of it again. all happens in this extended universe where they build up who Boba Fett is as bounty hunter, all this yeah. cool stuff. And then the problem is that they went, oh yeah, that's not canon anymore. This is a problem. And, I'm like, and I thought we were going to get something because at the very start of the book of Boba Fett, you see the bursting out of the Sarlacc pit. Like, okay, this is what we were waiting for. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's kick off. Let's see what happened after this. When he was in The Mandalorian Season 2... He done a great job. He was like beating down guys along with Mando. He was doing all this stuff. Looked awesome. And then you realize actually he doesn't have a personality. They didn't give him a personality. They didn't give him that many cool things to do. The only cool things he really does on screen is when he's standing next to Mando. When he's standing next to Dinjarin. Like that fight in the final with the two of them together, amazing. Or when he rode the, uh, what's it called? Oh, the Rancor. The Rancor was a great scene. That was scene. awesome. That, was, that awesome. was a super cool scene. The problem yeah. is he spends most of his own show walking around with his helmet under his arm. Yeah. yeah. Not doing much and like, do something. And then at the very end of the show goes, I don't know if this is for me. But even but even when he's so on the Rancor... So why did we just do this for a whole show if you're not even yeah. going to stick around and do it? But even when he's on the Rancor Nitro, he, Boba Fett's not doing anything. He's just hanging on. Right? The Rancor is the one that's, that's doing everything. And so, I mean, that's not the Boba Fett I grew up with. It's just not. The Boba yeah. Fett I grew up with, we meet him and by Vader saying, no disintegrations, right? I mean, you know, the, the Vader is telling this guy, look, don't be such a B.A. 
right? Yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of the way we meet Boba Fett. Yeah. Like, that's the Boba Fett I grew up with, right? Yeah. But now he's Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Now Din Djarin's the the guy. Which don't get me wrong, I love Din Djarin. He's a, such an amazing oh. character. I love the story I with love, him and Grogu. Um, yeah. Well, and and that western that western eastern vibe they've got going with the Mandalorian. I absolutely loved that show. Yeah. It was so yeah. cool. Every I've, bit of it, I loved. Yeah. It was like a love letter to me as a seven year old. Right. Like, I feel like here's... I feel like John Favreau and Dave Filoni we're told you can only keep making The Mandalorian if you make a book of Boba Fett series. I, uh, I'd love to know, I'd love to know, again, I'd love to be inside some of these meetings when they're talking about... Like, I know, feel like they were told what, what they we had to do? make it because The Mandalorian takes over the second half of that season. We get an episode of the book of Boba Fett almost entirely dedicated to Grogu's Jedi training. Boba Fett's name. That's it, once, yeah. in episode. Well, if he... If he well... Uh, let let me let go by this. If you see the the change between uh, chapter four of the book of Boba Fett and chapter five of the book of Boba Fett, you see there is a huge of quality changes. The storytelling is completely different. You start with Dean Jaren in, inside of a Bushard stuff, and you start to see some storytelling that it captivates you. And Dean Jaren start to be the bounty hunter that we want to see every time and it's so different from the stuff that you see in, in, in the book above it. So so you know, total transparency. I watched the first episode of Book of Boba Fett and then I saw my son and my wife were watching the last episode and I happened to walk into the room and see the Ranker fight. Because I was just so disgusted with it after the first episode I didn't watch any of it. But it, who wrote is, is there a difference in who wrote and directed Well he's the, the same John Farley. Yeah. He wrote and directed those the, the episodes that changed? No, the the direction, the most direction in Book of Buffett was oh what is the name? Oh, the the director oh, from Bryce, Battle Bryce Howard Battle, directed one of the Mandalorian uh, but, in Book of Boba But it was but it was the Mandalorian episode. Yes. And the others were Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez right. directed three chapters. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez, you should know better. Come on. <laughs> you're you're meant to be actually yeah. good at this. You should know better. <laughs> Call me. I'll fix you up. I like. I know, he, I know he's watching this show, so. Oh yeah, absolutely. He tunes on weekly. You know, can't miss it. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was Rodriguez, Steph Green, Kevin Tensharon, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Filoni. So. So I, I really like, I really like Filoni's work. I really like. Uh, I mean, Bryce is amazing as an actress and as a director. She did really good in Mandalorian. Those other folks I don't know, but uh, that, that just, first Mandalorian episode in Book of Boba Fett felt like a film. It felt yep, like really. it was a film, like the that, epic there, shots of them spent, um, it, you know, destroying uh, Mandalorian homeworld was just. It was, you you have you have to watch Brandon, uh yeah. chapter five and chapter six of the Book okay. of Boba Fett. Any any, only, it, only because, because Yvonne recommended it. Will I watch? But it? it's just a Mandalorian. Yeah, and all honesty, you need to watch them so you're caught up for the next Mandalorian series because exactly. a lot of character development happens for him that changes the next season. Yeah, and and you know, but if, that is the question. There's a few words in that chapter that actually give you hints what Dean Jaren is going to do in the next season. It's just like you have to go and baptize in the waters of Mandalore, and you go like. This is so amazing, and just give me hype for the next chapter. Yeah. Why happened in the book of Buffett when he said just like, like a banta? Just like, come on. 
Yeah. Come what, on. A, what, a, what a biblical turn of phrase yeah. as well. I mean, that's yeah. amazing that you get that from the, a Star Wars film. That's really awesome. <laughs> if you can, you, can, you can put a path in the, in the parallel of the creed of the Mandalorian in the Christian side, because one line that actually make me just amazing is just the line of, of Cara Dune in mm. chapter seven of season one, say, you don't born being a Mandalore is a creed. Mm -hmm. You have to believe in something to be a Mandalore. And the idea of... This is why it's great working with this man. I'm going to go and tell you. I mean, this, <laughs> is, this is what it's like in a meeting with, uh, awesome. with Yvonne. I love so. the deep cuts. I love it. <laughs> love and, and then just like, oh, and if you go to see that the armor, you can never take off your salvation. You can never wow. take off your helmet of salvation if you're a Christian and a Mandalore. It's just like amazing. It just the do, parallel. We should do a Mandalorian uh, Bible yeah. study, Yvonne. You can you can illustrate it. I'll write it. <laughs> that would be really cool. Actually, and the, really, and really the, cool. And the, totally and the word and the word. This is the way. You live yeah. Yeah. for the way. Yeah. You live to respect and honor the way of the Mandalore. And that is just so Jesus. It's just like someone need to do this. Someone need to actually. It's so cool. <laughs> All right, so we'll do it, and then uh, maybe Lucas won't sue us. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, sorry. We can, will be. we can pay them. Oh, well. uh, yeah, that was another one ad that I saw a lot of people. One of our guys in the chat, ads, has been talking. He's big on the extended universe of um, talking about the fact that like, if we got the extended universe, we'd have had a trilogy worth watching with Darth Cadis instead of the weak Darth Revan ripoff and Kylo Ren. And then he's How talking do you about. See the chat? I don't even know how to see the chat. Yeah, it's up on. It. It's on Twitch. Oh, oh okay. Oh, hey, Cameron Plistiana, thank you so much for that follow. Welcome in to the Comic Clan. I appreciate it, and thank you for the lurk. Um, and he I also says, "Is going to blow up?" Um, he also said as well that during that, um, Cad Bane makes an appearance. Um, obviously, it was like one of the big bads for the Clone Wars show, which I've now started getting introduced to. So I actually know who Cad Bane is yeah. now. Oh, okay. Uh, I've been watching that. I, I, I'm just gonna say this: Clone Wars gets better after the middle of season two. It better. Season one. It's it's a slog. It's, I'll, be, I'll be straight up. It's a, the first season is a slog. It's a slog. But it, let me let let me tell you: the, when you get to the Mandalore arc. That's what I'm desperate for. I'm desperate to get to the Mandalore it, it's stuff. Going to happen, and... It's going to happen in season two, I remember. But then you're going to understand so many stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. What show are we talking about? Clone Wars. Before the animated before. Star Wars show. Because like, Cad Bane obviously shows up in the Book of Boba Fett, which is obviously a Dave Filoni like, um, deep cut because it's one of his characters from the Clone Wars. And it's like, but ads are saying, like, yeah, he really showed his age in this show, which, of course, like, yeah, it's, I mean, he shows up in Clone Wars, that's, like, before episode three, he shows that's up in... That's what we would do. We would have done the same thing if we were directing a, an episode. We yeah, absolutely, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's pull him in. It's like, the way that everyone freaked out that Cad Bane showed up, like, yeah, I'd have pulled him in as well. Yeah, dude. Um, I would have had... I would have had Tenet in the background, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and... We already have done that, Brian. Uh, I'm gonna say already, you've, you've already <laughs> slipped in into places already. You've you've already told us about that. Um, but yeah, and, like and a lot you, of people were so upset at Cad Bane being killed, and there's all this stuff of like, was he killed? Was he not killed? The thing in his chest was still beeping, and so was he still alive? Oh yeah. Like oh yeah, he's coming back. Well, you will understand that because. Cal Bane was the mentor for Boba Fett when he was a kid. Yeah, see, I've seen little things about that and stuff like. And you see that in in in, in Clone Wars, and 
Django was the one who mentoring Calvain. Oh, that I did not know. That I did not yeah, know. Just, Django mentored him. Oh, that yeah, makes so much for, sense then. For that reason, he said, like, you're like your father, Boba. It's just, he's, it's an amazing arc. Be patient with Clone Wars. We, we, be patient with that. He has so many great arcs that my you're going to love. My thing is that and, people were like, you need to watch it. And I'm like, do you, you do realize this is seven seasons with yeah, I know. episodes each. And they're thirty minutes each, and then there's a movie, and then there's two more shows. You can you can skip the movie. You can skip no, the movie. The, the movie is just the introduction time. of a Saka. It's just. I'm like that but, is that is seventy hours of content. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of content. And, and then you have to go to Rebels. Rebels is yeah, another stuff. Bad batch, and Rebels. Right? No, Rebel, Bad Batch is I don't know. Okay. Yeah, because Bad Batch is the newest one, right? I'm like, yeah, like I'll, I'm going to focus on getting through Clone Wars. I'll worry about the others later. If I can get through Clone Wars, I'll be good. But I'm just going to say I never, this. I never knew you... Yvonne was a walking encyclopedia of Star Wars lore. Oh, this is see, see the things you learn in this show, Brian? And it's like, is... <laughs> uh, this is... And, and I was not a fan 10 years ago. I was not a fan of Star Wars. But then, then they captivated me. And one thing is, do you love Episode 3? Of Star Wars, the oh, Revenge of the, of the Sith, of, and that's probably uh, my favorite of the prequels. Uh, that's well, not saying much, though. I'm just, I'm just going to say this: if you wait until the final season of Clone Wars, you're gonna extra love, okay. extra love that season because okay, cool. last season, the final season, it's just blow you away. Phenomenal. It's just blow your mind away, and you're awesome. going to desperately want to see Episode Three. Happens to me this week. I, I will say that after watching, I know we're we're on a soup deep dive into Star Wars right now, but I, I will say that after you remember like half an hour ago when I said we're not going to delve into Star Wars, we're going to get into the actual topic, and then we dove into Star Wars and haven't looked I'll, back. I'll say this one more thing: and after watching a little bit of Clone Wars, it does make me want to go back and watch the prequels again because I feel like it gives a little more love to the prequels. It fleshes them out a bit more. I, I feel like I love the character. I still hate the dude who plays Anakin. Like, I, I hated Anakin Skywalker in episodes yeah. 2 and 3. I hate Caden Christensen's representation of him. I just, I don't think the dude can act. I don't think he can emote. I, it just it doesn't make me invest. Watching Clone Wars so far, I've started to invest in Anakin. Yeah. And I've started to invest in his friendship with Obi-Wan. Not just the master-pupil, but the actual like brotherhood between them. And I'm like... Yeah. And I didn't realize how much I was desperately missing that from watching the prequels until I seen this. And I'm like, this changes everything. This reframes the final fight in episode three. Even like, I'm only like into season two. I've just started yeah. season two. But it's already changing how I view episode three's like mm -hmm. fight between them. How I view the fight between them in A New Hope mm -hmm. when they meet again, like his Darth Vader and the older Ben Kenobi. It's like, it, I'm starting to reframe all of that and who they are to each other. Well, to tie it back to what we were talking about with Marvel, and again, I know I said I would stop, but, you know, we were talking about Marvel loves to have threads through, like, tons of movies, and they know how to pull a thread, and they know how to complete a thread. I feel like mm -hmm. Star Wars is really good with this, too, because I never realized, I'm not a ginormous Star Wars fan, like, I don't know all the lore, I don't know all the, the outside of the main movies and all, you know, animated shows and stuff like that, but... Like understanding from the um, from Book of Boba Fett when Luke is talking to Grogu that you know you can't have attachments like Jedi's we can't have attachments to people like so you need to choose and then going back to that scene where Obi Wan is fighting Anakin in Revenge of the Sith and he screams at him I loved you that hit 
way more than it did when I first saw the movie. Like he had an attachment. He had yeah. an as yeah. Jedi. He had an attachment to to Anakin. Yeah. Like that was deeper than a pupil master. I'm hoping that we actually explore that in the upcoming upcoming yeah, can't speak upcoming Kenobi show. That sort of mentality of because it's set after like Revenge of the Sith and it's set in that period between the first uh, trilogy and the prequel trilogy. And I'm really hoping we explore his mentality on some of that of because a lot of the thing that kind of comes up for Obi Wan you hear is the fact of you know like it's a talk of like well that love was the reason he didn't step in when he thought he's seen something in Anakin he should and he even mentions it himself like because you know he wants Anakin to be happy that's why he doesn't step in in the relationship with him and Padme yeah. even though he's clearly aware of it but, but that loving but I, connection to him is like almost the thing of like I should have stepped in but I didn't yeah. and he almost I just, takes that responsibility there's there's one thing if you if you never watch it I'm just going to recommend and Brandon you're going to love it if you never watch it there is the, the, the in Disney Plus you can have uh, you can watch how they made the Mandalorian there is just back scenes when you have the interview with the directors and all the stuff and there's one chapter when Dave Filoni talked about the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan and how was different if Qui-Gon Jinn was the, the one who actually trained Anakin and how yeah. Obi-Wan and how Qui-Gon Jinn was, is going to be the father that Anakin needs but he stayed with Obi-Wan who was actually his brother. Right. And that that relationship was amazing, and you, yeah. you 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 try to to understand more, and you you see like these dude actually get Star Wars and love these characters, yeah. and just yeah, go and to just to go back to the the initial point, you have to respect the character you're working on because that is going to feel by the people. And that was to cross this point. That's all what I always felt with that relationship. It was more of a it was less of a father son and more of a brother, older brother, yeah. younger brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's less authority there, right, between an older brother and a younger brother. And when authority is enacted in that relationship, it's generally met with resistance. And so I always felt like seeing that relationship where it was Obi-Wan and Anakin as, as elder brother and younger brother. And, and Obi-Wan felt the need to live up to some perceived... Uh, level of something that Qui-Gon Jinn placed in him that he could never get to. Mm-hmm. And so that, that I think, is that that dynamic is what creates the failing. Yeah. While we see Anakin move the way he does, it's this it's this really bizarre father-brother thing, in my yeah. opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I really need to move our conversation <laughs> onto our actual yeah, topic for today. We are We've gone down two massive rabbit holes already, so it's. Let's do this. Uh, like, otherwise, we're just not going to get to talk about it, and I definitely want oh. to talk about this. I definitely <laughs> want to talk about our um, topic. Um, I said all the OG fans blame Quagon dying for the way Anakin turned out. <laughs> yeah, Quagon dies. So that's why Anakin became Vader. That's absolutely. <laughs> you should watch that episode. You should watch that episode definitely. of the. Of the of the how the Mandalorian was created, I don't know the exact name, but they go deep in how they make decision about how they create the show, and how each each director actually pointing to. Just check it out; it's are so really good, well done. I love creating process, 
and I can oh, I watch ma- ma- making off of stuff all day. Yeah, I watch that stuff before I watch the actual show, actually. So, <laughs> but that's because Yvonne and I are story geeks, so you know we're yeah. all about telling oh, yeah. our stories, which is what we do for Chronicles of Fate. So. I was going to say that. I was like, that's kind of part and parcel of being a comic guy, into it. it's like his. Uh, as... That was oh, what we call you... a business a segue. Cross, so. I know. Sorry, I'm seeing chat moving. <laughs> I, I realized just... I threw him off. That was my bad. He posted a link. I was trying to see what the heck's going on in my chat, and I'm like, it's him messing me up again. But that was a good segue there. But yes, yeah, so we are. Getting off of Star Wars, although I feel like if we do a Star Wars episode in the near future, we know who to get these two back on for it, because especially Ivan with his deep dive, like, (laughs) knowledge he has, apparently, for all this stuff. Um, I I don't know if I know that too much, but I can help. Hey, you know more than us, 100%, man. It's like, you know more than we do at this point. I'll call Dave Filoni, I'll get him on as well. He knows a couple things. Yeah, just just a few. Just a little bit about Star Wars, you know. Um... But of course, um, as we said at the start, if you're just joining us and haven't been here for it, we are of course joined by Brandon Hollingsworth and Ivan Anaya from Brainy Pixel and Mercy Studios, respectively. And we are talking about Chronicles of Faith David. Or we're going to talk yeah. about Chronicles of Faith David. We haven't actually talked about it yet, but we're going to talk about it. We um, promise. Well, I'm just going to say this. One of the things we, we love about all this show is how love we put, they put in these, in these stories. And if you see that, we love that with Brandon. And that is the sort of love and the sort of it's just geekiness that we put in our comics. So if you if you feel related to, to be geeking out, the Bible is the best, the best book to geek out. It's just yeah. so amazing. And one of the things that Yvonne likes to say when we're on these podcasts is that how all these characters that we're talking about, all these Marvel characters, Captain America and Luke Skywalker and you know, the Star Wars guys, they drink from David, right? Yeah. So they take the character of David and they take a great big drink of that and it helps inform those characters that we enjoy today. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we like to do with Chronicles of Faith is bring it back. And so we, we drink from Luke and we drink from Cap and all these other amazing yeah, yeah. heroes and villains and we, and we bring that right back to this biblical story to help inform those characters so they become more real on the page. And really it is. I mean, you're just talking about the Bible was the original cinematic universe, you know. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely, and and I think that's an interesting thing because I think we've talked about it with you guys before, and we've talked about it. I think with our other friends over at Terminus with Doctor Bell and stuff like that. Like we're seeing a, an amazing influx of like amazing Christian comics coming out that are really delving into the source material. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I've noticed it recently as well, and it's something like mentally I've been going through like how I analyze and take stuff in like I'm very logically minded so like reading the bible and trying to actually connect emotionally and stuff can sometimes be a little bit of a struggle like because I'm just reading the words on the page the stories are phenomenal amazing stories amazing interpretations of what people are doing but something that the comics are really helping with not in replacing the bible but in literally enhancing it at least for me that I've felt is that I'm feeling this emotional connection more. I'm seeing these people as real people and experiencing them more as real people. You know, and we see that like um, with David, obviously we read and talked about um, Chronicles of Faith, David, issue zero. Like the jumping on point, if you need your backstory, you know, it's there. And getting to connect with David 
honestly kind of like in three almost separate parts of his life a little bit um, because we in that issue you talk about you know it kind of kicks off with him like David versus Goliath a little bit and leading up to that battle and then you know we backtrack and like we find oh wait this is actually older David telling a story to his son mm-hmm. and so like you kick off with this thing like when everyone mentions David you know David versus Goliath that's that's literally so deep ingrained now that it's a pop culture reference for the big guy versus the small guy like people who have never picked up a bible will reference that in pop culture yep. to then taking it back to not just a shepherd boy taking on this giant of a man but a king a father talking to his son talking to and if you know your bible as well it's like talking to Solomon who would be the next king and explaining his life story like a father talking to their child and explaining the journey and then we get to see David's life at the start and kicking off like here he is as a shepherd boy and this amazing launching on point for it and it does make you feel like David is it's human it humanizes him a little bit and makes you feel like this is a guy I could chat to and I could connect with and I could experience things with and in a way that you don't always get, you know, just reading through the stories in the Bible because, you know, some you really connect with, other ones it feels like facts and figures and don't always hit the same way. Um, but yeah, the... and we're... No, on you go, sir. On you go. Oh, I was just saying, and you're, you're spot on, Cross, and one of the things that we're trying really hard to do with this comic is not just take that time and expend that effort with our main character, <clears throat> obviously with David, but also other characters because like anyone who exists your story is not your own right your story touches other people's lives in the same way with david so in in issue one for instance we we pick up where we leave off in issue zero and almost out of the gate we meet king saul right who is Mm -hmm. a major major player in the life of david and we you know we start immediately revealing a little bit of what's going on with king saul right and there are some major things going on with him as we as we meet him um, to the point where maybe he's going a little crazy right and so we begin revealing that you know kind of pulling back those layers and then we reveal Samuel right the prophet right and so we're pulling back layers on him we jump into David's family so Jesse and all his brothers and his sisters right and so then we jump over into the Philistines and what's happening with them because this story David's story is not just about a kid sitting out playing a liar and you know throwing rocks every once in a while it touches all these major players and all these people at this point in time in history and you've got to in order to sufficiently tell that story and connect you've got to begin to broaden your horizons and and tell those stories as well yeah absolutely and and the other stuff is one one thing that i I really like how you said across is we we don't we don't going to try to to make the you can read this or the Bible. It's just we're not trying to do that. We're just trying to put you in the right context. It's just like enhance the Bible story. When you many people di- didn't know that David had a sisters. They had two sisters, and there is only one powerful one one line in the Book of Chronicles. And one of why we're trying to do is all this stuff were important in the in the historical context of David. And David was in the middle of all this, and mm-hmm. the in the middle of two nations fighting, and not only nation but also two gods fighting, 
because that is also important when the fight between the God of the Israelites versus the God of the of of the Philistine and, and we're trying to go in and go deep into that layers. We now being we're not trying to to just saying this is the best David story. We're trying to make the, the complete David story in, in so many ways. We, we don't know if we're going to make it, but uh, make it complete because some people can make maybe do it better. But one thing we're trying to do is just put you in the right context because it's going to make the Bible more rich when you read it. You're going to yeah. see the context. Yeah, and, and we don't know, right? You know, nobody knows because nobody who's alive now was alive back then when all this was happening. So we don't know if all this is accurate right but it's definitely stuff that could have happened yeah um so one for instance in issue one there's a moment that i just love kind of in the middle of the book where it's this what what somebody would call a throwaway moment right where it's just this one moment where david is kind of leaving the situation that he's in and he's he's a little bit miffed because of his brothers picking on him again he's the youngest of eight brothers right and so you know brothers are going to do what brothers are going to do but the, his older sister notices something about David, right? A, a, a habit that David has in his life. And she just has this one little line where she mentions something. It's like, hey, you know, you need to be careful because sometimes you forget things. You forget the important things when you, you kind of, you know, go by, based on your emotions, essentially, yeah. when you're led by your emotions. And it's just this one little moment that we have in the book that, that's a seed that sets up David's major failing later on with Bathsheba, right? But it's something that an older loving sister might have seen in a younger brother. And when he's, when he's a kid, maybe she, maybe, she, maybe she saw this and said, hey, you need to, you need to watch out for this. You know, this is, is going to cause you problems later on in your life. And so it's that kind of stuff I think that you're talking about, Cross, where we're, we're trying really hard to make all these characters real characters who have motivations, they have concerns, they have fears, they have desires. That's really where the art of storytelling engages us and grabs our heartstrings. And we're, we're trying to soak that into every single page in every frame of this comic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think that's it. I think that's a really good, a really good way of storytelling that you're taking of realizing like people connect with people. People connect is another really important thing in storytelling of realizing like what makes people connect to something, what makes people invest in something. And nine times out of ten, people invest in people. You know, is like in what they care about, and you know, probably a good example of it. I've got it sitting next to me here. Um, is you know, Moss that we're going to be talking about for our indie comic book club. Like I read the first chapter of it last night, and like it's an amazing historical event talking about what happens in Auschwitz but the whole first chapter is making you invest in the characters that are about to experience this and that's such an important chapter I was reading it just thinking that like this is such an important chapter because we could literally jump straight into everything that happened and it would still hit and it would still impact but there's something about, really about investing in the characters and then seeing characters that you've grown to like, to even love, going through what they go through. Right, well, that's that's what causes you to follow a character on a journey, yeah. right? Exactly, it, and I think with could, David, that's... You could that's... throw those characters into a horrible event right off the, right off the bat, but, and, and this was, you know, 
I don't know if you guys have seen Eternals, right? But that's mm. really the problem with Eternals is we don't care about any of these characters. No, it's just right? an event. No. It's not a character-driven thing. It's just like this thing is yeah. happening, and it's like, but yeah, it's still it's still enjoyable, and I can still sit and watch it. But like, I I don't really care. I, I, I fell asleep during the middle of it. I mean, I just I literally just didn't care about any of the characters, and I had yeah. I had not had a chance to engage or connect with any of them. So I was not prepared to go on a journey with them, and I didn't care what happened to any of them. So that's exactly what you're talking about. And one of the things that we Absolutely. try really hard to do with Chronicles of Faith is we try and make every single one of those characters, even our bad guys, we, we try and have something about them that interests you where you want to go, I want to I want to turn the page. I want to see yeah. what happens to this guy. I don't yeah. like him. He's spooky or whatever, but I, he's interesting, and I want to know more about him. So, yeah. And that's yeah. just good storytelling. And that's it as well, is that there's so much kind of depth to give to that just by giving the character something that you can invest in. You know, like like you said, like even other characters like David's sisters, like you could literally read through the story of David in the Bible and like literally come out instead of like, Oh yeah, it's just a bunch of boys, it's a dad we always sons. Like I mean you barely get a story on them, let alone the fact of like he's got sisters, what happened to yeah. the mother, what happened you know, all this these questions just from reading that story and and even they don't have that big a thing of like you know he's Jesse's son and that's Jesse out the story you know and he took food to his brothers on the front line and that's how he's seen Goliath and his brothers are out the story pretty much just like that's 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 there they're done you know it's they're not of importance anymore to what's going on but like making you invest in them makes a difference because you're like I want to know this especially like you know having read the bible obviously and if you've read the bible spoilers for the comic um, <laughs> you know it's like but you know some of the hardships that David is about to go through as well later on in life yeah and you and care more about that because of investing in where he came from like you could jump straight to that stuff but it doesn't hit the same right that, that is one thing that we're trying to do with with the initial pages of the comic because when we think about David it's just okay David versus Goliath just like you said Chris Mm -hmm. But the one intention to do like a cut in the middle of that is to let people that this is not about David and Goliath. Yeah. yeah. This is not about the story you already know. It's, this is something like it's complete. It's yeah. just we're trying to say this entire story from the story of David when he became a hero, when he became a warrior, when he became the anointed king and when he became the king and when he became, after all, a man. That he fails, that he's just made bad choices. He just breaks seven of the ten commandments in just one action. And you have to. One thing that we're trying to do is just for that page. the initial idea is just trying to tell you this is not the typical David story that you you're going to read. Yeah. It's just it had a background. It have a it have a story that came before. There's a story that came after David and Goliath. So. And why are we trying to do that? Because the other stuff has already been done in so many ways. And you have, I read a lot of comics of David and Goliath. And we go and reread them to, to understand that. And also because one thing that we're trying to do is trying to make this story fresh. Mm -hmm. We're trying to, to people to actually feel like, oh, I maybe know this story, but I'm getting surprises in something that I know. I feel like there's a habit when you're reading stories like uh, stories like David in the Bible to kind of mythologize the person, like to yeah. me, like they're like they're there's no way that 
anyone could ever be like that. There's no way I could ever be like that. But like when you get to the nuts and bolts of it, as you guys are doing, you're painting a fuller picture of his life. Like he was just a dude yeah. who did some awesome stuff because of Jesus. You know, that's that's all it was. You know, because he had faith. He yeah. he actually honored God with his faith, and yeah. and he made so many mistakes. And we're trying to actually emphasize faith in 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 the lettering pages because when he was praying, when he was that is something that is happening inside of the mind of David. It's just like you were talking, Nitro. You understand that it's just this is something inside of him. But inside of him is just trusting God. And he's facing a giant. It's just like what everyone's in the entire army camp, they never do that. Mm-hmm. And they actually believe in the same God, but just one little guy who actually have strongly faith of David. Yeah. And how David built that faith is just having the fight that you already read in issue two, in issue zero, he already tests that God is faithful mm-hmm. in issue zero. He understands that God can deliver. So he go and, and face a giant knowing that. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so I do want to delve a little bit into, like, um, obviously this upcoming campaign, or well, the current campaign, it's already up and running now. Um, is about funding issue two, but like yeah. you said, issue one is is ready. It's it's ready to go. It's going to be part of this campaign and stuff. So we talked a lot about what we've seen in issue zero, which you know for everyone who doesn't know, it is available pretty much everywhere. Brainy Pixel and Mercy Ways websites, Comicsology. You want it, you can get issue zero. What do, can we expect from issue one and then issue two? Like, where does the story go from here? Because, like we said, the story is very much we get that glimpse of David versus Goliath. We realize this is David telling the story to Solomon and get a little glimpse of him as a shepherd boy. So, like, where do we go? Like, does it do we stay like that early days of David for the next couple of issues, or do we like jump forward a little bit, or like what what stuff can we expect from it? So I'll, I'll do issue one, and you can talk about issue two, Yvonne. Yeah. Okay. And That's obviously, good. and obviously, just tell us what you want, guys, as much or as little yeah. spoilers as you want, because yeah. I don't yeah. want to ruin what's right. to come. It's like I know, like the story's well known. You can pick up a Bible and read it, um, but like I don't want to give away too much. You guys, whatever you're comfortable with, because uh, well, I want people. What's, what's been amazing is working on this comic as well. Obviously, you know we know the story, but the way it unfolds. Is, is still very surprising. And I've had people who've read who've read the book, right? And who they get to that last page and they're like, oh, they, they, you know, they kind of catch their breath because there's just the way it's depicted. Again, you're on a journey mm-hmm. and it's such a ride. And even though you kind of know what's coming, seeing it happen is totally different than yeah. kind of knowing what's coming. And, and the team at Mercy Ways has just done such an amazing and artful job of depicting the events. But we start out uh, issue one, and we're we're kind of back with King David and Solomon, and we're telling some stories. Um, you know, we're learning some things, some very critical things about who God is. Uh, and then we make this really cool transition, and we we meet King Saul, and it's at a very critical point in his kingship. Um, and uh, we then quickly follow, and we connect with uh, Samuel, and find out that there's a problem, right, within the kingdom of Israel. And I'm not going to go into all that because the interaction there is super cool. And then the next thing you know, we're in the Philistine camp. So there are problems on the horizon. There are problems internal in Israel. 
and all of these problems, the storm is gathering. And so we get to jump over in the Philistine camp for a while. Then we come back to Bethlehem. We see what's happening there with Samuel, and we meet Jesse and uh, all of David's uh, siblings. And something is happening in Bethlehem, something very important that then ties back to issue zero. We jump back to the Philistines because, again, things are, you know, kind of building to this crescendo. Um, and I love it. It's like it's like you're in the Philistine camp and all this stuff's happening. And in the background, you see the, the lightning and the thunder, right, over the hills. And it's almost like that's the storm where we see in issue zero where David is fighting uh, his big opponent in issue zero. So it's like you can just kind of look over the hill and David would be over there right now slinging his stone. Um, so it's amazing the way this is artfully kind of woven together. And then it all comes together with this really crescendo moment at the at the at the very last page of issue one when this momentous and you know historical moment happens and everything changes for david and so that then leads us right into issue two and issue two actually pick up with that and issue one was just introducing new characters it's just if you have read issue zero you just know david all david and solomon and maybe just the mention of some characters and issue one introduced many characters, and in issue two, we're going to pick up the characters and we're going to development. Uh, we're going to introduce Jonathan in issue two because he's a very important uh, character in the Davis life, and we are going to tell one story that I I, I think I, I can we can say this. Do you remember in the Bible there is one servant? of Saul who actually said, I know a boy who actually is good for, good for fighting and he know how to play the harp. Mm -hmm. and, and that is it. It's just a mention. Well, we are going to develop that story. We are oh. going to develop how that servant know that David is that. He's yeah. good for playing the harp and he's a good, he's, he's a man of arms. And we're going to introduce a lot of that characters because that is going That's to cool. be a that is going to be a great payoff for later, because that is how David is go go to the to the to the court of of Saul, of Saul and he is playing the harp. And you're going to see, or we we're going to continue to see what is happening with King Saul. That's it, really, and that's and really I'm just cool. going. And there's one one the introduction of Saul here. It's so psychological in visual form. I don't know how to say it, but it's just you start to see something that is going to keep growing into the end of Saul. And it's just, uh, I know it's my team, but I just love the way that my, the, the Mercy Ways is just create that visual of how madness of, of Saul is just is starting up. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. But that's... You you are not going to be disappointed. I guarantee you. It is amazing. Yeah. And you're go and you're going to be surprised. That is something that we want to we're trying to do. Get surprised. That's that's really cool. That's really cool to expand that on. Like, yeah, it's that's really helped me. Like, just that even that small character, like you don't really see much of in the Bible, like, and it's something you don't think of. Like, something simple like that, like how did he know David was good at the harp how did he know yeah. who he was and how he's invested in him and just just to take something like a character that's that small in the story and expand on it it's like it's a really cool idea it. to because you're not just like building the story or like what 
you know, we've seen stuff done before, and like whether it was in books or but comics or whatever, telling the story of David. It's like, and it's just like a straightforward. This is a story. It's like you're looking to almost like build the world, mm-hmm. yeah, and do some like world building storytelling of like this. It's not just David that the story's about. That these people are real people as well. Like you know, yeah. like we're we're finding out about little characters like this and how do they know stuff like that we're finding out about david's family that we've never heard about you know yeah. we're visiting the philistine camp because honestly we've heard the story fact, from one side you know it's like we've not heard yeah. anything of that side you don't know anything about that and mm-hmm. and all together well, it creates this fleshed out world and it's really cool well you're definitely going to get to learn a lot more about the philistines i was so happy i got to write the bad guys and <laughs> had such a of fun course you wrote the bad guys brand and i'm not surprised <laughs> you notice if you notice like, when you read issue one you're going to see that each of these characters have brandon beer <laughs> <laughs> I, was say, I thought goliath looked a little familiar <laughs> that, that beard coming just on panel and i'm like yep no yvonne actually did base the the, the philistine king's beard off my beard so that's yes hilarious. that's amazing but, but no you get reference the though Philist- gotta draw from yeah. life you got to, yeah, we get to meet the Philistine king. We get to meet uh, the new high priest of Dagon, right? Mm. The Philistine god, because something not too good happened to the last Philistine priest. Mm. Uh, we get to meet his servant, Patty. Uh, we get to meet the general of the Philistine army, Serum, who's super cool. Yeah. Um, and some other cool characters as well. Some of them, some of them you may know from other, uh, from other comics. I'll just say that. So. All right. Mm. Okay, that's that's got intrigue peak there. We have a lot of Easter eggs in a lot of stuff. That's that's really cool. You, you got to do that as a geek. You got to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got to put Easter eggs and stuff right? in there. You got to throw it in. But and, like, and also, if you if you pay attention, you're going to see stuff that are going to pay off later, just yeah, yeah. way later. Yeah, but like yeah, this, we're, we're very we're very big on planting those seeds, just like Cap, you know, and paying it off. Yeah. Yeah. With the dance, with the dance with Peggy, you know, we get we get to we get to set that stuff up, and that's one of the really fun things about working on a story where you know the end already. You yeah. can start building that stuff in and start layering in those little yeah. subtle hints. That's so absolutely, fun. and I think that's a great thing to do, and like get those little hints in there. And I love the fact that we're really exploring the villains as well, and exploring that side of it because that's that's something we don't get to do because the Bible's obviously written from the the Jewish perspective is written from the people of God. We don't ever get to know what's going on over there because they don't know what's going on over there. They don't know anything about them. But in modern day storytelling, like when we're doing like a good versus evil, like well you need to see what's happening on that side. You need to understand like what are they fighting against or who are they going up against and and even in some cases like certain villains can you make them sympathetic? Like do you care about these villains and what's happening there to create to it's make you very, invest very, in the whole thing is you yeah know. it's it's a very fine line because we don't want to make the philistines too sympathetic right mm-hmm. we don't want us we don't want people thinking that they're on the side of good and right because they're, they're certainly not but you can absolutely explore them explore their culture and really what we've done is try to use them as a way to show the differences between the people of god and the people who did not worship yahweh yeah, right? yeah. who were were obviously not um, God's chosen people, even down to the stuff uh, you see on the tables, right? You know, the Philistines that we found out in our research, they ate a lot of pork and a lot of dog. And so 
we we bring that you know we bring that to light with some of the scenes right and so you see what people are eating and it and it provides a counterpoint you know to god and you know in leviticus where he said you know clearly you know you don't eat some of this stuff right yeah. and it was to set them apart because the other people were absolutely eating that stuff mm. so there are all these little nuances that when you enter the philistine camp again we try not to waste any single moment on screen, right? When we say on screen, we're talking about on page, but yeah. every single moment that you see is there for a reason. There's yeah. an intentionality behind the storytelling. Um, I love it when the when the Philistine priest enters into the camp. Um, everything that happens shows us what these people value, right? Yeah. And how it's clearly not what God says we're supposed to be valuing, right? And spending time and effort on. And yet, that's this mindset of these people who are, you know, fighting the Israelites, or will, who who will be fighting the Israelites. Super intriguing. That's really yeah. cool. It, it, it looks it looks better in the comic, even even if Brandon has some, an an incredible explanation. It, we're trying to actually get to know the Philistine and the difference, because at the end, this is also a clash of gods. It's just a clash of who you believe in. Uh, where is your faith on? And there is there is a building for that that is going to be so is going to pay pay off so good in the last chapter. And 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 this is going to be uh, the first volume of Chronicles of David is going to have five issues from issue zero to issue four, and it's going to be from shepherd to hero. And we're going to end volume one when he fight Goliath. And that is not a spoiler because you already know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the 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 actually road to get to that point, it's going to be that that is the the important stuff here. It's just how that happened and what is actually involved in all this, all all the hints that is going to happen and 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 how that is go to the spiritual realm, in the normal realm, and how this all working together for showing something. That is, that is one thing that David said in, in issue zero. This is the God story, and David is just part of this story. Mm. That's really cool. And, 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 and that is actually how how we've been talking about two hours about Star Wars and Marvel and all this kind of stuff. And 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 that is the important thing here is just trying to know that what is the principal character in this story in this God mm -hmm. is just trying to understand the way we're trying to deliver the story is to trying to show what is happening when you put your trust in God. Yeah. When you actually trust God, you can be a David. It just I think we we were talking in the last podcast that faith is David's super superpower. Mm -hmm. And that is who made him who he was. It's just faith in God. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean it's really cool that you're you're going out of your way to almost highlight that. <laughs> because it's it's really bizarre to say, but like I've seen versions of like the story of David before where that's almost like an afterthought. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's almost an afterthought that David had faith in God and I'm like, but that's the whole reason he stepped out onto the battlefield in the first place. The yeah, whole reason exactly. he stepped out to face him was because like one of the first things that he hears is Goliath basically shouting down God and he's like, I'm not gonna let him get away with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's literally one of his first responses. Like he can't say that, but my God, you know, it's like, like that's literally one of the first responses. Like he's not even looked at the guy. He's not even worked out who it is. Like uh -uh, you ain't saying that. Like 
it, it, it and he doesn't care. And that's it. That's and like he, he doesn't, doesn't care. And that's it. And he steps out there. And I mean, like, it, to think about it, like, because we talk, David versus Goliath is such a pop culture thing now. It's almost yep. talked about in an afterthought. Like we we know the story. He goes in, and he picks up the stones, and he swings it, and he throws, and he you know knocks him down. And but like to think about like actually to stop and think about what that story itself is. Is this kid, this teenage kid, who is not trained in battle tactics, military, anything like that? He would eventually go on and become that and become this great hero warrior king but at this point he is just a shepherd boy with literally a sling and a stone and stands against a 12 foot monstrosity clad in battle armor with weapons that are bigger than he is the a trained military unit because we often get the idea of like the Israelite army is like oh they're these cowards hiding away no this is like a military trained yep. for battle we're too yep. scared to face this guy and this kid faced him with no fear because God told him to and I'm like understanding the level of faith that someone like David had from that age it's mind blowing yep. right that there was and, no and and, fear to just stand there because and, God said stand and fight. And then trying to figure out how do you get that character to that point, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's let's rewind in his life, right? Because he didn't come out of the womb like that. No. Things had to happen. And so that's been the story challenge that Yvonne and I have had a blast, right? Trying to figure out how do we get this character? Because by the, by that point, that's like a big hero's journey that's completing. Yeah, that's yeah. the end of the that's the end of that part of the story. You know, is exactly. So how do you get there? And so that's that's super cool, and we can't wait. You know, to reveal, peel back the layers, and, and reveal those stories um, to show people because we do think it's going to impact them. You know, and and then hopefully challenge others to have their own chronicles of faith. You know, step out. And that, and that is the way it happens. It starts small. You know, you take one little step of faith, you know, and you step out believing what God says, he's, that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And then when he does, then you're now strengthened and you go, okay, well, he did it last time. I'm going to step out a little further this next time. And then yeah. God shows up and does exactly what he says he's, he's going to do. That's the way you build faith. Right? Yeah, that's step by step, little by little. And how do you get David from this young boy growing up, you know, Basically, the yes. the lost one in this crowd of a family with all these other people, and how did he get that much faith by the time he was a teenager and basically being a shepherd boy? Like, what what did he go through that developed faith on that level? Like, because off the top of your head, that doesn't sound like a faith building thing, you know? A teenage shepherd well, boy out in the field, and it's like off the top of my head, I'm like. But the faith well, to stand down a giant with a sling and a stone, like. And uh, we, we read some scripture this morning at church, and I think it just I fit, it fits so perfectly and yeah. I think it underscores this point. It's, it's Isaiah it. chapter one, verse eighteen through twenty. And it says, "Come now, let us settle the matter," says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient you will eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's stuff that David would have grown up hearing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's David's Sunday school. Right. I yeah. mean, so to put it in perspective there, and I think that's how you start. Right. You start there. Exactly. And then you you then put that into action, and you wind up with a little boy, you know, a young man who wasn't afraid to stand before a giant. So that's, and, that's the way I think you get there. Yeah. In the, in one of the layers that trying to answer your question, Chris, David has been is just built by the heroes of his people. Mm. He's just been growing hearing about Samson. He's been growing up hearing about Moses. He's been growing hearing about Gideon, about Joshua, about what God has done yeah. with the Egyptian. It's just it's just constantly something that God command to the people of Israel. Tell your kids this stuff that I have done. When you're in your house, when you're outside in the morning and the evening, every day just tell your kids who I am. Yeah. And David is just building growing up. It's just like when he's just trying to think about this. It's, it's a crazy stuff. But what happened when you see Superman, just like the comic, is standing outside your door? You know what the men can do because you've been reading comics about this guy your entire life. So you're not going to doubt that he's a hero. Mm-hmm. And the same happened to David. It's just he'd been hearing all this stuff. And one page in, in issue zero is just trying to Pointing that all this stuff that David has been hearing, all this stuff, and that he builds his who God is for him, hearing all that stuff. And when he faced like uh, something huge, what happened in, in issue zero, you he say like, okay, this is the same God of Moses, this is the same God of Samson, this is the same God of everyone. Why can I be trust him? Why can I just do something like they do? And you're going to step in into the into the the giant. One of the things so, that I'm really that I'm really excited about. So my daughter, she's five, and she, every time we go to the comic store, she she we always get a, like a like a My Little Pony comic. She just loves <laughs> comics. She loves the format of comics. She she knows that I have a ton of them. She loves flipping through them and stuff like that. But like I also I, I try to read her. There's this like really like two to three year old like picture bible for for the kids that just very high level go through the stories of the bible the highlights of the bible and i'm i'm interested i'm so it's so cool to see that we have this opportunity you know as christians to be able to share this type of medium with kids you know what i'm saying because like me i'm a very visual person like cross was talking about earlier like he's very logical when you when you when you come to the bible like you're reading stuff but sometimes it's hard to visualize it so for me being able to visualize this and flesh it out to an even deeper level. And not not to your point, uh, Ivan, not as a, a substitute for the Bible, but just like as not not necessarily an enhancement either, but just something that can go along with it. Like the cliff notes. But a vision Bible, cliff notes, you know? A Bible companion. Yeah, just... I, I love it. It's going to be cool to be able to share that, you know? And oh, by the way, Mercy Ways is working on three of those illustrated kids' Bibles right now. Three awesome. separate ones. So wow. I guess, will they, will they all be in Spanish, Yvonne? Uh, so far, yes. I don't know. If, I think there's going to be a translation, but it's going to be in, in the future. But yeah, we, we love that too, because we try, we, one of the things that we pray on a lot of Mercy Ways is we grow up in church and you don't have too much art reference for for stuff, nope. and and we grew up in that. It's just like and 
we just pray in 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 silence. We speak. There is will be really cool to change all the old stuff for new stuff. And thank God that is the project that we are the the other project that we are working right now. Yeah, it's just yeah. trying to make all that all this stuff with more visual richness. Well, like, and the thing is, like, I, I know you could probably second this, Ivan, but just coming from my perspective, I view God as like he's an artist. That's what he is an artist. He creates. Yeah. And he's like, there's stuff in nature that nobody would ever be able to reproduce. Just yeah. Col even colors. There's colors in nature that that exist today that you cannot reproduce. Right. And just to be able to like visually appeal to to people who are like visually minded, and even you know people who just want something a companion to the Bible, I just think it's it's really cool. And and that's so critical for for the church to take that space back. You know, yes. I mean, we look back in history. And at one point, the church was the pinnacle of art and science and expression, you know, and all of these things. And, you know, you look at the Sistine Chapel, you look at, you know, Michelangelo's David, right? All these were expressions of someone's love and worship and adoration for God mm -hmm. and for what he had made. And at some point, we, the church, we, the church kind of co-opted all that. And we yeah. kind of said, oh, no, we don't do that art stuff. That's the, that's the purview of the world. Yeah. Oh, no, we don't do that science stuff. That's the purview of the world. And I think what we're seeing is, you know, through lots of different mediums, not just comics, although you definitely got the forerunners out there in the comic space, but you're seeing creatives, Christian creatives go, no, I'm not going to let the enemy have any more of this. I'm taking it back for my king. Yeah. And, and that is such an encouraging thing. We were talking about, you know, what a time to be alive as a geek, yeah. or what a time to be alive as a Christian geek, yeah. right? Yeah. To, to yeah. see all these Amen. things happening. But the only way it really continues is by, by folks out there who are listening and watching by supporting. Yeah. Right? You've got to go out there and you got to vote with your dollar yeah. because uh, it's not easy and it's cer certainly not cheap. So definitely support us if you can, or if not us, definitely support your, your choice of your Christian creative and let them know that it, what they're doing is critical yeah. you know, for our world and for our king. And just yeah. the act of what you guys are doing, the actual act of doing what you guys are doing, it's just, it's a form of worship. You know what I'm saying? Like when you draw, when you're, when you're creating something, that's a form of worship. Like, and I yeah, think absolutely. People, like, I think a lot of people overlook that. Oh yeah, no doubt. No absolutely. Doubt. Like, we're just, it's a God -given. we're just making pretty pictures. <laughs> well, that's it. It's, it's a God-given talent. Like the stuff that y'all are doing and creating and the stories that you're creating and the artwork you're creating the everything you're doing at Brainy Pixel and at Mercy Ways and individually like it's all worship it's all you using the gifts that God gave you you use it to the and best of your ability and there's no lack of it right I mean I get emails every day at Brainy Pixel people wanting us to help them make their stories right yeah. like hey I've got this great idea for a Christian kids book I've got this great idea for a Christian movie I've got this great idea for a Christian animation for a Christian comic Every day I get, you know, three to five emails from people, different people that are saying, help me do this. So there, there are people who are out there who have these ideas that want to make them. Yeah, and absolutely. Know, just can't do them all. So. Well, that's and, it. You can only do so much. And it's like, the, but we're not lacking. It's just finding avenues to get it out there. And, you know, like, I think that's something as well that we kind of mentioned earlier. Like, you know, the content that you guys are creating and the comics that you're creating, like, these are worthwhile reading comics with a Christian, you know, background to them. And like, I wish we had stuff like this when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I wish we had stuff like that that impacted us when we were a kid. Like, there was Christian comics. They were awful, 
but there was Christian <laughs> God. But you know, what I mean, it's like they were like it was either like a retelling of the Bible that was just that wasn't appealing. Or the ones that tried and, and, to go outside the box just did it so badly, and I'm like, the fact of like, oh yeah, we're just never going to get good Christian comics, and then like stuff like this is coming out now, and I'm like, I'm in my thirties. Where the heck was this when I was a kid and a teenager? You know what I mean? I'm like, I wanted this like well, thirty years ago. If you see, we are we are the, the the result of that time because some of us grew up we just wanting to see to have this because the Bible is so great in narrative in so many ways it's just and one of the things that i hate a lot is just that comic make make you think that the bible is boring yeah. mm. because you see something that is just maybe it's just trying to be so uh i don't know how to say it but the artist doesn't work in so much and you think like oh this is a boring story i don't want to know more and that is completely the opposite it's just the Bible is just have so many stuff that you can learn and not only learn, but I remember the first time that I read the book of, of, of Samuel when I was a Christian, I was so hooked up. It's just like, can't wait to, to read the next chapter. It's just, Oh, this is just like game of Thrones. Yeah. This is so amazing. This mm-hmm. just, it's just this guy do this and this guy do that. And the, 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 this guy going against David and no way why just yeah. this is so great yeah. in so many ways that is maybe the medium that we present this is just not helping to engage to the Bible and one of the things that I'm loving to see that is that is changing the people is just making the effort to engage you to the Bible not trying to be preachy in the way that this is something you have to believe because it is He's just trying to, to trying to show you how rich and how beautiful this story is, and you're going to get engaged in that way, even even better than is is always preachy or teachy or all that kind of stuff. But I think that's that's desperately needed, though. I think that's yeah. desperately needed because it's something we don't talk about, and it's something we don't talk about in the church. Um, not everybody learns the same way. No. I, I will fully say and admit it, like, I struggle to sit down and read a normal book. Like, my brain just doesn't function, I can't stay focused, I, I'm very scatterbrained like that. So sitting down and just studying the Bible straight has always been something I've fought with. I have wanted to do, I have tried to do desperately, but I still occasionally struggle with. And admitting, like, but that's the whole point of that. that's literally what we're even called to do as Christians, is to when Jesus says go out and make disciples like it's, it's go out and share it where people are at not, every, not yeah. everybody's going to I mean, be able to sit down and read the bible like create, create comics, create audiobooks create all, you know, TV shows and movies, create, create these visuals to share this story and like what you guys are doing with, you know, Chronicles of Faith and the other projects you are all got going is, is amazing because it's sharing what's taking place in the bible, it's sharing God, it's sharing Jesus with people and showing Hey, this is something you can invest in. This isn't just a dusty old book that you're not you need to sit down and you know. I don't know, like by all the old theologians that I used to sit and read my Bible for five hours at a time. I'm like, that sounds like torture to me. Like that's how my brain works. Like I, I like sit still and read for hours. And I'm like, my brain will not allow me to do that. Like alone, you know. It's like watch, I watch out. 
Watch out, Cross. Scotland may uh, disown you now. You know, those good Scottish <laughs> theologians. Yeah. Know <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's like, that's like, that was like the people that said, you know, to be a proper, like, study of the Bible, you have to get up at 5 a.m. And I'm like, no. Not going to happen. That, that wasn't yeah, happening I... when I was a teenager. Like, I've got three kids now. That is not happening. I guarantee you. It is and not happening is... now. It's like... And there is one way with that make you feel like a worm. You say, like, I'm not that spiritual to do yeah. that. And, mm -hmm. and put you in a position that, okay, maybe I'm not for the Bible. And I, I have always had very clear something that Jesus said to Peter. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He never said, I'm going to make you a prophet. He never said, I'm going to make you a king. He said, I'm going to use what you already know for my kingdom. No. Amen. I'm That's going awesome. to make you. I'm going to make you a fisher of men, mm. and that is something that is stuck in my head. Is just say you already know how to catch fish. Great. I'm going to use that knowledge mm. because I'm going to make you a fish man. It doesn't make. I'm not good. He changed the name, but he not changed the profession. Yeah. He's still a fisherman, but now he's a fisherman for the kingdom. Absolutely. And that is something that is stuck in my head when I was reading, and I was just okay. Maybe this is the path that God wants me to. I've never thought of that verse in that way, but that's actually really awesome. Yeah, that's a really, really cool, cool interpretation of that, Ivan. That's awesome. Well, that'll preach. That'll preach, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. He's Ivan's on a roll with us, man. I'm like, yeah, let's go. I mean, but that's no, so it just, true. Uh, it, it's, it's, it, uh, it's nothing happened with every verse. It's just some verse that actually put in my mind. It's just like when the first God, this is, this is for free, <laughs> when the second <laughs> man in the entire Bible was filled with the Spirit, was an artist. That struck me, because that was the man who actually going to build the ark. It's in Exodus 35, 35. And God say, okay, I'm going to use some of the ark for my kingdom, and I'm going to fill it with the Spirit. And the other, who was before him? Moses. And the second one was an artist. Hmm. And that is awesome, because you see, God can use what you already know for yeah. his kingdom. That's amazing. And that... That is changed me, and then it's, it's just that was for free. But and that is awesome. It's, 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 I someday I just trying to to make in some stuff that say, hey, this is we are a part of the church too. The artist, the geek, we are part of the church. Yes, and, absolutely. And we are we are just and God can use that geekness in so many ways and help you to be light wherever you go. And I'm just going to say this: this is something that you guys do. Here in, 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 in this podcast. It's just trying to we you you actually make feel like being a geek in the church, it's awesome. So, and I always listen to your podcast that when I when I have the opportunity because of that. I it's people who actually believe what I believe and actually like what I like. And you that that is part of your of of something that God has given to you. And I thank you, I, appreciate I honor that. you. And I honor you guys. If I'm Jesus to... was here, if Jesus was here, Cross and Nitro, he'd say, I want to make you podcasters of men. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much. Honestly, I, I appreciate those words. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why we even started this podcast was like finding other geeks, other people who were in the church that were invested and not exist. and not and not just fans, but like were like hardcore like, fans yeah, like yeah. us who like I want to geek out for hours about Star Wars and the MCU, you know, like we did at the start of the podcast and like finding other people in the church like that and 
Like, I think... I'm all about learning about Greek conjugations, but, you know, what about some, like, Fortnite or Call of Duty? Can we relate that to the Bible somehow? <laughs> but, you know, sure I, think, I think that was it. Like, when Nitro and I found each other and both realized we were comic fans, and the more we started talking, we realized, oh, wait, we're actually like, big fans as we are, yeah. as big a fan of stuff as we are, as, you know, and each other is. And we said we said to start this and wanted to you know create a place where people can come in and hear about this and there's an amazing world of comics out there and and that's one of the things as well like is even in being a geek it's be so easy just to like be specifically a christian geek podcast and i'm like yeah there's amazing christian creators out there but i want to talk about all of the geek stuff because i love it all i don't want to pretend that like for some reason i'm not meant to like this stuff i love it I love comics, I love movies, I love TV shows, I love all this stuff that's in this geekdom, and it's okay to be a Christian and be a fan of that, we shouldn't be ashamed of that. Amen, you know, that's right. We shouldn't, like, kind of like what I was saying, like, you know, God, you know, infused artists, and that's part of what you do, it's like, I don't know why God made us geeks, and why that was part of his role, but, like, that's part of what he made us to be, and I'm not going to be ashamed of being a geek, you know? Well, if you, if you think about it, there's a lot of geek in the Bible. And when we say geek, it's just people really passionate about stuff. Mm. People who actually go deep into the stuff. And God creates a nation of geek because the, the Hebrew people, there's, there's no one that I can actually say that. They're so meticulous about everything. They just mm-hmm. love about the connection and all this stuff. And I was, I'm not saying that God is only for the geek, but what I'm trying to say is, all this stuff that make us who we are is just like <laughs> a bit. And just like say, I think that God creates people who are so passionate about his word, about his commandment. There is something so apart for the other people that I just, the, the Hebrew people is just geek of the word of God, Bible geeks. That is what I call it, Bible geeks in so many stuff because they just love what they do. They love the word of God. They they penetrate in all that stuff in so many ways that I love it. And I feel so uh, identified that I love all this stuff too. And that is a trade for that. Okay. Like, Ivan, I'm literally going to tell you this. I think you're just like, you're going to be like held up in our community for something that you said there. Because I'm literally about to rename something right now based on what you said. <laughs> Because um, Nigel's putting it in the chat as well, and I'm like, our, anyone who is a sub to our channel, we had originally called them members of the Stan clan, a higher tier of like, the comic clan. If you're not a sub to this channel, I think they have to be part of the Nation of Geeks. <laughs> that has to be what we call our subs on this channel. I'm officially, you're emblazoned with us forever, Ivan, for that comment. That's officially going to be the name of our subs. Like, Let's I was, make the t shirt. Exactly, like that's <laughs> Nigel put it in the chat as well. Like, God created a nation of geeks, like, that has to be a new t shirt up in the merch store. Like, we were looking for new t shirt designs, that 100% has to be up on the on the Yvonne, store. Yvonne can do the art, so I can't. I'm gonna say, yeah, actually, Yvonne, if you want to like do the art for that and we'll put it on a t shirt, 100%, 100%, God, uh, God created a nation of geeks on a t shirt. I will happily put that in our store <laughs> and we will happily send both you and Brandon. Um, one of those each. Yeah. We'll send those to you. Well, this this happened after this conversation, so the four of us is just part of this statement. So. That's right. 
but yeah that just something about that when you said that and i was like god yeah. created a nation of geeks and i just I, something about that just really struck a chord with me and i'm like i really like that and i'm like yeah i'm changing that right now because i was looking to change that name and we kind of had ideas there we go ads thrown in chat already we are the nation of geeks yeah. and i'm like yeah 100 percent. as that has to be a standard thing the nation of geeks awesome. that's that definitely has to be a thing but okay awesome Sorry, that just totally just that totally just hit me that moment. They're like, "Yeah, we're we're so using that. That's one hundred percent, one hundred percent." Let me just. Now I'm gonna keep quiet. <laughs> no, hey, <laughs> Ivan, you've been coming. Ivan at... will be used against you in the court of the nation. Of Geeks. <laughs> yeah, and in the nation fish... of geeks. Okay. And it's officially copyrighted just... under the nation of geeks that is comics in the cross as well for us. <laughs> well, but... maybe because I am part of this, but I I see we all geek are passionate and yeah. i think yeah 100%. i think and i think god is just love if people get passionate in the in the right way yeah. it's just the, the 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 people of israel is just passionate about god and when they f fall from that passion they just make the big mistakes ever and when you're staying that passion you you are the people of god so for that reason it's just like my mind is working people just create a god I'm trying to explain it, but I'm not going to ruin it. No, Let's hey, keep going. <laughs> you're, you're doing amazing. You're doing awesome. You've, you came up with some crackers today. You came up with some yeah. great stuff today, man. You, this has been That's such the way Ivan always is. He's always that way. So. Yeah, I don't know. So as much as I've been loving this talk, we kind of have to hit the final stride of this now and have to kind of start wrapping up because I, I have kids I need to feed at some point. Um, and a wife that's probably desperate for some help because she's been left alone with three kids um, but yeah this this has been such a fun conversation today this has yeah. been absolutely a blast I've loved this so much Absolutely. but I am excited I'm excited for more Chronicles of Faith David I'm excited to get in and I thought I backed it yet on Indiegogo but now that I've actually got money that's came in you know um, I can actually go ahead and finally back in it because I got my nice new fancy chair. Um, oh. That's proof of like money that I got in, so I can put some of it towards finally backing <laughs> the Indiegogo campaign. Um, I think uh, Nitro has been spamming it in chat there a little bit. Yeah, I have. Um, but yeah, go to the Indiegogo page. Go ahead and support Chronicles of Faith David issue two, so you can make sure you get yourself a copy of issue one as well. Um, Go and check out um, issue zero. Pretty much anywhere you can find comics on. Uh, if they uh, if they back it at ten dollars uh, across, they get issue zero and issue one as well as a bunch oh, of other cool perks. There you so, go. Ten ten bucks, guys. Ten bucks yeah. and you get issue zero, issue one, a bunch of other stuff, and you're back to issue two if you made. And our top tier as well. It's one hundred and five bucks, so you know it's a little pricey, but it actually has some really cool perks where you can attend a comic class with Yvonne and myself. And one of the really things that people really uh, enjoy is that if you back us at that 105 level, you get to be a character in issue two, and you get nice. to choose if you want to be an Israelite or a Philistine. You can pick, and we'll put your likeness in the comments. That is your name in there and everything. So, that is really cool. That's a really cool reward. I'm not gonna lie. That's awesome. And um, so yeah, go and check that out, guys. And I believe as well, like I've seen you guys posting it online. I believe is it this week? Is it? Wednesday or Thursday? Ivan, you're going to be Thursday. doing a class on Thursday or not? You're going to be doing a live like, stream to the Indiegogo page. Oh, that's awesome. 
if you want to gonna, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about that um just so people know yeah it's going to be on the mercy ways instagram account and uh we're going to have yvonne and he's going to be live streaming some sketching um one is the first one's going to be like laying down lines and things like that and the second one that evening will be are you doing colors in the evening no i'm just doing final line we're okay, just going to it's going to be like a sneak peek of what the class is going to be it's just how you make the decision of creating a piece and how you end up a piece. So we're going to go to how you start sketching, what you want to do and how you want to do it, and how you go to from the sketch to the final line art. So that is and going we'll to be, be doing, the road. We'll be doing real-time Q&As as well. Yeah. So, um, so I'll be on in the chat, and uh, Ernesto will be on. So if you've got questions about uh, Yvonne's process and you want to learn more, um, or if you just want to watch a skilled master at work, uh, definitely uh, hit us up over at the Mercy Ways um, Instagram. It's at Mercy Ways Studios, right? At Mercy Ways Studios, yeah. All right, I'm throwing so over on Instagram. in chat there. There's all the links to all the links to Mercy Ways Studios, to their website and all their social media. And then here is a link as well, also for Brainy Pixels website and all of their social media. So go and check out their websites, go and check out all the amazing projects they've got going on. We've, we've not touched so much stuff these studios are doing. Uh, we're focused on Chronicles of Faith David, but if you catch any of our previous episodes, you'll hear a little bit about all the stuff going on there. And make sure to go hit them up on social media, um, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Oh. Um, Go ahead and click on those links, drop some follows, subscribes, likes, whatever to them. And um, you will not be disappointed. These are two amazing creators that we have with us, two amazing studios. Well worth checking them out and checking out all the stuff that's going on there. And um, this has been such a blast having both yeah. of you back yeah, on. That's amazing. Uh, My pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Thank you so much for um, hanging out with us today, chatting with us, and uh, geeking out with us today as well. <laughs> Time talk. us up for the Star Wars episode. Uh, right, yeah. Like, legitimately, we are going to have to do a Star Wars episode yeah, now and get you guys go. back on. Like, we have to. It, it almost became a Star Wars or episode. Or around uh, Obi Wan. Yeah, actually, that wouldn't be a bad idea getting you guys on after the Kenobi series. Sounds good. Let's do it. Oh, there you go, guys. Ads and chat saying, well, I'm definitely back in this project. So Thank there we yeah. go. Ads is going to. Thank you. Show his support. Ads, ads is phenomenal. Literally everyone we recommend ads ends up going and supporting him. Ads is a beast, man. He's an, he's an OG of the channel. Yeah, he's been here like since the beginning, beginning, the sort beginning. of. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. I'm just having a look to see who is online so we can go raid another channel, go and show some love and to someone else before we head out for the day. And my computer is doing all sorts of things on its own, apparently. Um, so while that's going on, let me talk about what we've got coming up this week because we have some more stuff coming up on the channel. Uh, so tomorrow night, uh, my lovely wife Jay will be back. Um, she finally finished Bioshock 2. It felt like it took forever and a day to get through that game, but she is going to be back playing um, some Phasmophobia along with Caleb from Mountain Nerds and I think she's trying to get someone else in. Um, but nothing officially confirmed, so she will be back tomorrow night at 8.30. Uh, I will be back on Tuesday night at 8.30, continuing my playthrough of uh, Batman Arkham City. We started that last week, and that was an absolute blast. So we are going to be back playing that. Then Nitro 
Um, are you back this Thursday? Are you going to be doing yeah, some more art? Are Thursday. you gaming? Yeah, no, I'll be doing some art here uh, Thursday night, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so Nigel's going to be doing some live art here on Twitch um, on Thursday. He's been working on some stuff for that, so definitely make sure you come and um, check that out. Then Friday, we are starting our brand new weekly stream. We are going to be playing Sea of Thieves on a regular weekly basis. And this week, I believe Nitro and I are going to be joined by our friends Locksteady and Caleb from Mountain Nerds. Um, and we are going to be initiating something brand new for the channel. And we are now going to be using Stream Loots as part of it. Which basically, if you buy a pack from Stream Loots, it gives you abilities to do stuff during our stream. You have cards to redeem. And you can basically mess with us during our ship. If you want us to attack each other, throw bombs at each other, drop the anchor when we're at full speed sailing, want us to 360 the ship, play random sounds to jump scare us, throw one of us in the brig, whatever you guys want to throw at us, it's a couple of packs to buy and you can do that and mess with us during the stream. So that will be live and I have no doubt knowing our community that's going to get taken full advantage of. Oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> um, I 100% I do not plan to get much done that stream um, alright where did they go sorry I just seen someone I was going to go and raid there um, and then our probably our biggest show for this upcoming week is next Sunday it's not going to be a regular podcast we are going to be doing our indie comic book club our first one of the year um, we keep diving into some amazing books and this one wasn't the one we were originally going to do, but with the amount of controversy that we, that came out regarding this book because of a, a cancelling that happened in a local school, um, we are going to be talking about Mouse from Art Spiegelman. Yeah, we got a better look at the front cover of the first issue. Phenomenal story. Yep. As Art talks to his father and basically gets the story of his father's real life experience of um, being at Auschwitz and the experience that goes through that um, this book was in the news because of the controversy that a school decided to take it out of the curriculum due to violence, due to bad language and due to nudity and um, all of these things take place and um, this caused a massive uproar, people thinking, yes, I shouldn't be there, and people thinking, this is a real-life story of what happened at a concentration camp. Um, so this is something that kids need to be challenged with. And it was for a middle school ages, so early teens, and this is something they really should be challenged with, and something that they should be aware of, and something that should make them think. So we decided we were going to throw our hat in the ring. We were going to take a look. We have never read this ourselves. I've never had the opportunity to sit down and actually read Mouse. Um, I started it last night and I'm, like, I'm already like feeling like, oh, this is going to be brutal. Um, yeah. But this is the first book on Indie Comic Book Club we've actually talked about that's it's a real story. Real life has taken place. It's not just thrown together. It's Art Spiegel and his father that experienced this. Um, and I think this is a very important book to talk about, especially yeah. with all of that going on right now. So I yeah. think the only reason we wouldn't have been doing it is literally because until yesterday, we couldn't find it. Everywhere had sold out. And then shout out to our local comic shop, Richmond Comics. Out of nowhere, posted yesterday on social media. 
we've got copies in store and shout out to them as soon as i contacted them they put two behind the counter for me they only had they only got three they only got three and they put two behind the counter for nitro night to get so massive shout out to them uh, for helping us and get these books and talking about this we are so excited to talk about this i'm so excited to delve into mouse and just the importance of it as a story so um, for anyone who we usually say you know try and pick up the book and read it for yourself by all means try and pick it up you probably won't be able to because like the book's literally sold out everywhere yeah. at this point <laughs> like we got it by a sheer fluke to be honest or you know god intervention is what i'll call it but um we're excited to delve into this we're excited to delve into this story and talk about it so come and join the conversation for that next week two o'clock um, and I think that's going to be a, a really interesting, probably a little bit hard-hitting, but a really interesting conversation. But that's it for this week, guys. That's everything that we've got coming up. Thank you again so much to our amazing guest, to uh, Brannon from Brainy Pixel, to Ivan from uh, Mercy Way Studios. Thank you so much, guys, for coming in, chatting with us, geeking out with us, telling us all about David. We appreciate it so much. Um, for everyone in chat i hope you get the chance to go and check it out for yourselves go and back it 10 bucks guys 10 bucks mm -hmm. that's it 10 bucks to get the first two issues which if you go to a comic store buying two issues or something is going to cost practically that anyway so <laughs> and then you're back in the brand new issue for it so go for it why not yeah. you know why not and um, but thank you so much to everyone that came and hung out with us today i hope you all have an amazing uh, absolutely brilliant sunday hope you all get to chill out and relax a little bit and remember, it's a good week to be a geek and it's a good week to be part of the Geek Nation. See y'all later. Take care, guys. Love it. Oh. 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 Oh.